What's up, everybody out there in internet land? Welcome to the Remote Gaming Podcast, Episode 8. The Remote Gaming Podcast is a podcast made by gamers for gamers and comes to you, the listener, each and every week from two friends who live on opposite sides of the country to bring you the hottest gaming news and industry insights, as well as an in-depth topic to culminate our discussion of that great pastime we all love, video games. I'm one of those gamers and one of your hosts, Joseph King, joining me, as always, announcing his official run in the 2020 presidential election, Kevin Corkum. <laughs> hey, Joseph, how are you? <laughs> What's up, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Doing about as good as you can in a pandemic, I'm assuming. So uh, that's good. <laughs> Get, getting ready for that presidential run. You're going to cure COVID, right? Oh, I, I, I've got all the plans. Every every plan, I've got them. <clears throat> you know, we jest, but you you probably have more of a concise, cohesive thought and idea than either of those two gentlemen that are going to be running this country come November 4th. <laughs> yeah, you might be right about that, honestly. <laughs> you might be right. Sleepy Joe and and obviously Trump has just botched everything so far. So, God, it's yeah. just scary, scary times we're living in. But uh, it is. we're bringing you the Remote Gaming Podcast to help get away and escape those scary times. We are very sorry we missed you last week. Uh, I had a lot of things going on in my personal life. Um we just thought it was best to kind of just postpone it. So this week's news is going to be off the hook. We got a lot of news topics for you this week. Yeah, we do. Um, uh, we've got, yeah, what, 10? I think we got 10, 10 news articles. So there's a lot a lot happened in the last two weeks. It was pretty busy. Yeah, well, we might as well just, uh, you know, cut the canner and banner and just get right on into it. Uh, topic number, or news topic, excuse me, number one, Sony... Invest $250 million into Epic Games. This comes to you via Tom Warren at TheVerge.com. Uh, Tom says, Sony has made a $250 million investment into Epic Games. The two companies announced on Thursday. The deal means Sony gets a 1.4% interest in the game development studio and publisher and gives Epic a valuation at $17.86 billion. The investment lets the two companies broaden their collaboration across Sony's leading portfolio of entertaining assets and technology and Epic's social entertainment platform and digital ecosystem to create unique experiences for consumers and creators, according to a press release. There's also a line in the press release that suggests Sony and Epic may want to create more Fortnite-like virtual media experiences like the hugely popular in-game Travis Scott concert tour. Uh, quote, we share a vision of real-time 3D social experiences leading to a convergence of gaming, film, and music. Reads part of a quote from Epic CEO and founder Tim Sweeney. For instance, Sony has subsidiaries like Sony Pictures and Sony Music that might want to tie closer to its PlayStation Division games using Epic's know-how. The deal means Epic will now be exclusive, uh, does not mean, excuse me, does not mean Epic titles will now be exclusive to Sony platforms. The studio will still be able to publish games on other platforms. Um, and then it goes on to talk about how they did the uh, PlayStation demo with the Unreal 5 engine, Epic, of course, owning Unreal Engine and uh, things like that. Um, but what do you make of this, Kevin? I think it's a really good investment. I think really the investment is more about Unreal 5. And I think Sony really wants to be able to use that at a low cost or at no cost to them. So I think it's actually going to work out very, very well for PlayStation 5. And I think it also makes sense now that, uh, you know, they showed their Unreal Engine 5 running on PS5. I think it makes a lot more sense now uh, that they probably knew this was in the pipeline and, and Sony wanted to to test them a little bit to see how it was going to run, how it will run. And I think some Sony first party studios, because what days gone was done on unreal four, right. Or right. done on. Yeah. was done on, on Epic's engine. Um, so uh, I think, 
I think it's going to be really great. I think they're going to be able to be to make games easier. I think the communication is going to be easier if they end up using the engine. Um, so it's it's good news. I think it's really good news. I think I think we're going to benefit from it because I think they're going to be able to take full advantage of all the software, all the hardware using the this engine if they need it. I mean, Naughty Dog has their own engine and, and Sucker Punch uses uh, oh God, what did they use on Ghost? Um, I don't really know, honestly, but I know it, it's I not unreal. Think, I think it's their own proprietary engine. Uh, yeah, I think they're running. Sucker Punch is running on their own. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good idea. Um, it's smart business. Uh, Epic is probably up there with, uh, you know, companies like Take Two Interactive and uh, things like that. So uh, Sony buying into them, um, you know, obviously it doesn't mean Epic Games are going to be exclusive. Fortnite's, Fortnite's not going exclusive to PlayStation or anything like that. Uh, but I do think uh, you will see a lot of Sony first party studios, maybe Naughty Dog, maybe Sucker Punch, maybe Insomniac may start to use that engine uh and now it's not going to be exclusive to them. Obviously, Microsoft and other uh, third parties uh, can use Unreal Engine 5. And it looks like an amazing engine. But I, I really do think you'll see a majority of next-gen games on PlayStation 5 that are quote-unquote exclusive. We do know now that a lot of PlayStation 5 games are going to be probably coming to PC eventually. Uh, you know what Horizon Zero Dawn's fixing to be on PC. I I guarantee if I was a betting man, I would bet God of War is going to go to PC at some point. Yep. Um, but I, I think that you are going to see the next generation of PlayStation 5 games. A lot of those exclusives that they're known for are probably going to be running on Unreal Engine 5. I think so too. I mean, this is a huge investment <laughs> for Sony too. Uh, it's a lot of money for such a minority stake because Epic has just blown the fuck up over the last three years. So uh, it's it's a big investment and I think it's a wise investment to get Epic in their back pocket. They're the biggest, the biggest names in gaming right now. So uh, it's, it's, it's good. If you want to call anybody a winner in this, it's going to be Epic because Sony, like they said, they only took a 1.4 stake into their company. I think uh, Tencent owns a, like, what do they own? Like 30% of Epic games. Um, But they still control the majority of their, properties and uh, intellectual properties and things like that i what i'm i'm excited for what i think is gonna be really cool um as we'll talk about later when we what we've been playing but i've been playing Fortnite, and uh i think this is gonna open the door to have more sony related characters in Fortnite skins you know what i mean like uh how they do you know aquaman and captain america sony still technically owns spider-man um they're, they just kind of leased it back to Marvel, and Marvel is allowed to make movies like with Tom Holland and things like that. But Sony still owns Spider-Man IP. That's why we got. Uh, that's why the Marvel Insomniac's game is exclusive to them. That's why they had their own studio develop that. Uh, so hopefully we could see Spider-Man in Fortnite, and then maybe like Kratos or something like that. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I think uh, Nathan Drake would work really well too. That would be really for cool. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right, Let's Kevin, what we got for number two? two? Yeah, we've got a Nintendo Direct happening today. Um, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Now, it's supposed to be a mini Direct focus on third-party excuse me, offerings and will likely be dominated by upcoming indies. In other words, don't expect news on Breath of the Wild 2. Chill out a bit. And then the video was down below. Now, I didn't get a chance to catch up on anything that was um, 
uh, said or released or talked about here. And the main reason I didn't do it is that there were really no Nintendo games being announced here. And it's been a long time since we've heard from Nintendo about any of their first party uh, games. And as, as much as I love playing old games on my Switch... I really bought it so that I could play Nintendo games. Uh, I would play every third-party game anywhere else, really, unless I was traveling a lot. And right now, due to COVID, I'm not. So I know that, obviously, Animal Crossing has been a huge hit for them. They just put a, an, an update uh, at the beginning of July, and there's another one coming in August. Uh, my girlfriend plays all the time. Um, so, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I know what's going on in that world. But besides that, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, we've been waiting and waiting to hear a little bit more information. We knew that it wasn't that far along, but Nintendo always strings their their people along. And we haven't heard anything about a new Mario in a while. It's just, it, it doesn't, the optics aren't looking good right now for Nintendo. Uh, not that their fanboys won't wait um, for whatever comes and be excited for it. It's just as someone who loves Nintendo, but isn't, you know, completely enwrapped in that ecosystem every day of my life. I I can't bring myself to care about a third party direct, even if Final Fantasy's, you know, oh, Final Fantasy, this is coming. It's like, okay, cool, but uh, you know, I just played the Final Fantasy VII remake on my on my PlayStation Four, and that game is beautiful and gorgeous, and and I'm not going to be able to play that game here. And all the other ports are generally on a PlayStation system, anyways, so I'm not traveling, and I don't know. It it, it seems a little bit to me like they're like they're trying to keep up because a lot of you know playstation obviously and xbox are releasing all kinds of stuff about next gen and i know it's rumored that there might be a more powerful switch coming down the line but that's all speculation and rumor but people are getting a little they're getting a little antsy uh, i think especially switch owners that know that a lot of these games that are going to be on the next generation of systems won't even I mean, there's not even a shot in the dark they're going to be able to run yeah for sure yeah the uh it's it's kind of crazy sitting here thinking, you know, what it's we're towards the end of July right now, and the next gen of consoles are going to be re- releasing with, you know, uh, the Xbox Series X, PlayStation Five this fall, this holiday season. Hell, the Switch is graphically already a generation behind. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't have the visual fidelity that the Xbox One and the PS4 have. Um, some would say it's probably somewhere in between PS4 and PS3, um, more leaning more towards PS3. Hell, there's probably some PS3 games that look better and run better if they were ported to Switch. So it, it's going to be a very interesting time to see what Nintendo does to kind of combat this. Now, I know I'm always I've always been a Nintendo fan. Uh, I, I love all their games, especially, you know, their first party games. They're their bread and butter, if you will. Uh, games like Zelda, Mario, uh, metroid things like that I, I i love those games they always make good games and those games always their first party studio games always tend to look and run great smash course, looks yeah. great uh smash looks great uh, luigi's mansion things like that they uh they all look good um but things like uh pokemon uh just kind of runs kind of poorly on there uh, especially if you play it um docked uh, for some reason games that are docked you would think run a little bit better but games that are docked run even worse and so it's it, it, I'm with you, man. They're kind of behind the eight ball here. And uh, as far as the mini direct goes from what I've looked up, um, the game Tim Tim, which if you haven't heard of this, is basically uh, it was Steam's version of Pokemon. It's an indie yes. 
basically Pokemon that is coming to Switch. Um, now, WWE thing I'm very interested in that is it's free to play, right? And it's yeah, basically yeah, it's a, one of of Pokemon. That, but it's an on on Steam, the one that's on Steam. I don't know, and I think this is called Tim Tim Kisiwa Island. The other, the one on Steam, I believe, is just called Tim Tim. So I haven't watched the trailer for this. I'm kind of looking at uh, IGN's YouTube uh, because as we're recording this, the the direct just ended not too long ago. So we didn't have a chance to get down and, and watch that. But from what I'm gathering, this is not the same game that's on Steam. I doubt it's an MMO uh, that's running on, you know, on Nintendo Switch. But it seems to be some sort of game like that. Uh, there was DLC announced for Cadence of Hyrule, which is all the characters from, you know, uh, Legend of Zelda, and then there was a WWE 2K Battlegrounds gameplay, uh, but the, nothing really big. Shadow Warrior three, and okay. um, uh, Shin Megami Tensei five, and that looks like about it. So very very minuscule, like they had said. Uh, I'm waiting to see with open arms to see what Breath of the Wild two looks like. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't. I loved Breath of the Wild. I thought it was fantastic. I'm not as hot on it, I think, as as you are. Um, but it, you know, I, I just they need to they need to do something here, uh, or I'm afraid that I'm, I'm not going to be playing my Switch as often um, unless I go back to traveling and and doing things like that. Just because, uh, I mean, I, I have played I played Streets of Rage four a little bit. We'll get into that, which I played on the Switch this week. But I I really picked it up and played because i was like god i haven't touched my switch in what feels like over a month or two you know so uh yeah it it'll be interesting to see i hope nintendo comes out with a first party direct and they and they knock it out of the park and just say hey we got zelda here's a mario game that's coming up you know here's maybe a a, a sports game like a you know another mario tennis or something like that you know mario golf which would be huge uh, something like that where God, I want Mario golf so bad. Like I love, I like I'm not huge on like, obviously like I don't want to watch golf. Like I'm not going to sit there and watch the fucking masters for four hours on ESPN or whatever, but I love playing it. I'm not good at it. And I love, I've loved every golf video game that I've ever really like dug into. You know what I mean? Like hot shots yeah. golf on the old PS2 and then Vita. And then now it's, now it's a, what is it? Everybody's golf. Yep. Uh, but yeah, switch. I don't know why they haven't made a Mario golf yet for switch blows my mind yeah i don't know either uh i get on it nintendo listen to us get on it yeah i know we're the number one podcast you've never heard of so (laughs) hurry the hell up and get get your shit together number three metacritic is delaying the option of user reviews in wake of the last of us part two this comes to you via adam bankhurst you're gonna hear that name a lot today uh this man must be working overtime over at ign uh he states Metacritic, the popular review aggregating website, has decided to delay user reviews for new games until 36 hours after they've been released in a defense against review bombing. Uh, This is actually awesome that they're doing this. As reported by GameSpot, this decision comes only a few weeks after the release of Last of Us Part Two, which is one of the most recent examples of games targeted by negative reviews, many of which come only hours after a game is completed. Considering The Last of Us Part 2 can take anywhere from 20 to 30 hours to complete, many early reviews were assuredly from those who had yet finished it. Um, so basically, Metacritic is like, okay, look, because if you if you go on there, as we talked about before, Last of Us Part 2 is very polarizing. It's a very divisive game. And uh, once again, no spoilers. You want to hear spoilers, go listen to spoiler cast. Hurry up and go beat that damn game, though. Um, but people were just bombing this because of 
something that happens within the first hour of the game. Many people probably never finished it that reviewed it and obviously posted reviews before the game could even be beaten. So this is a step in the right direction. Uh, 36 hours is a little still, I believe a little bit too early for a game like the last of us that takes anywhere from 25 to 35 hours to beat, depending on how fast you zoom through it, what difficulty you play on. Um, I would like to see something like 48 to 64 hours, honestly, for user reviews, because I feel like that puts you at a, at the developer at a more fair advantage for, you know, what uh, play the game. Now, if a game's broken, obviously go on there and say that, you know, it doesn't work anymore or whatever and whatnot. Um, but to bomb a game just because you didn't like something in it. And then to, like, I think that's absurd that people have been able to do that for so long. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why this wasn't implemented earlier. It seems like a no fucking brainer to me. Um, good for Metacritic for doing it. They really needed to. I mean, it, the review bombing of, of The Last of Us Part 2 was so bad. So, so, so bad. Um, and I know they did it with Ghosts uh, or Ghost of, of Tsushima. So good on them. And they'll keep doing it. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. You know, they just... The, and people the release date is give it 48 hours and say you can't use a review till here yeah for sure and and the, you know for those listening that don't understand well why do critics get to go ahead and leave a review because they get the copy like three weeks four weeks in advance you know what i mean they sit there and they have time to play it so their reviews come out before or like right when the game is released to help people make up their minds if they want to play the game or not and i've said many times i don't think you should base your opinion of a video game off of just how somebody else's experience of it is i would prefer you to just go watch on twitch see how the game's played and see the gameplay mechanics and then kind of make up your own mind um now granted with games like the last of us that that is a little bit risky because you're risking spoilers at that point reviews do leave out spoilers uh one of the websites that I trust the most that I actually do continue to watch I trust pretty much everybody on that staff's opinion um you have you heard of easy allies yes used to be uh what was it oh god it's the guys that used to be at a was it um game oh elise williams used to work there before she went to funhouse um it's got brandon jones all those guys i cannot think of the company they they've been easy easy allies for so long that i forget where they used to work i can't i, I know it but i can't think of the name of it but anyway was it games radar um, was it actually yeah yes it was games radar you are correct got them i think i think <laughs> but anyway those guys I, tr I really trust their opinion uh plus brandon jones probably has one of the best voices you'll ever hear and he he doesn't write all the reviews but he does the video um he reads the reviews that all of his staff creates and it makes for a quite pleasurable listening experience yeah, that's great. I, I mean, I've got my people that I go to as well, and I trust their opinions and what they say. And I mean, you always have to take everything with a grain of salt. A lot of the people that I that I usually go to for reviews did not like The Last of Us 2, and I, I really enjoyed it. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt, obviously. Like, you can't just go off one opinion, and you got to really collect and, and figure out who your, who your uh, tribe of reviewers are, kind of, and go from there. For sure, for sure. What's up next, Kev? All right, we got Microsoft is no longer selling 12-month Xbox Live Gold plans ahead of Xbox Series X launch. That's a lot of Xbox Series, Xbox Series. Microsoft has officially stopped selling 12-month Xbox Live Gold plans, possibly hinting at a stronger focus on 
on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or a new service that could be on the way in time for Xbox Series X. Microsoft confirmed the change to true achievements, stating that even though the 12-month plan is not being sold at this time, the three-month and one-month plan are still available for purchase. Quote, at this time, Xbox has decided to remove the 12 months Xbox Live gold skew from the Microsoft online store, end quote, a Microsoft representative said, quote, customers can still sign up for one month or three month Xbox Live gold subscription online through the Microsoft store. Microsoft gave no reason as to why it is, they made this change, but earlier this week, head of Xbox Phil Spencer announced that Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members will automatically be entitled to Project xCloud services in September 2020 at no extra cost. Could this mean that Microsoft will phase out Xbox Live Gold plans and put all the focus on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes both Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass? That comes via Adam Bankhurst as well. I thought this was interesting. They're clearly planning something else in the pipeline. I, I think this is just the tea leaves are just showing that games with gold ever since the release of games pass. Like I said, we've, we've hyped up games pass so many times on this podcast. I, I use it for PC. Uh, like for those listening, I don't own an Xbox cause most first party studio games are on PC. Um, but they have games pass for PC. Now it's not the exact same games like for instance red dead redemption 2 is uh comes with games pass on console it is not on pc uh but with that being said uh fallout 76 is on games pass for pc and it just i think it's going to games pass on console this week as well so there's kind of different games on both but i think this is just uh they're gearing up to just get rid of that I, i think they've seen the success for xbox games pass for both xbox and pc and I think that if they can bundle in their online services to that and, and somehow with games pass, I, I don't think on series X there will be games with gold or anything like that anymore. Um, I think games pass ultimate will give you a one free game um, that maybe, maybe it's uh, like a brand new release will be included in it with games pass ultimate. Like you can get with a games pass for PC. Um, when Xbox Games Pass was initially launched on console, um, Sea of Thieves was included on it, and it was a very fairly new game at the time. So I, I, I think they're just phasing out games with gold. I think that's going to go away. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I'm hoping Sony comes out with something similar <laughs> because Game Pass is incredible. Like, it's such a good deal. Sony has won, obviously, if you want to look at if you want to make it a console war, Sony has won because of their first party studios this this generation. But Games Pass is such a good deal that it's almost like they're 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 coming back like neck and neck. There's so many good games for Xbox Games Pass. Um, If you are listening and you own an Xbox one and you're not using Games Pass you need to like go online, go look at Xbox game pass, go see what they go have, go follow them on Twitter. They, they usually release on their Twitter about two weeks in advance, sometimes two weeks in advance, but usually about a week um, to what they're going to be uh, showcasing that's coming up for games pass. And it's, it's just for $9 a month. It is such a good deal. And, and it's not streaming like PlayStation. Now you're actually downloading the game to your console. Right. So it's not native. Like if it's, if it's a multiplayer game, you know, it's going to run just fine because it is the, in the, it is the full product downloaded to your console. So I, I, yeah, I think that's the gist of it is that they're just going on to, uh, they're moving away from that and good for them. Yeah, I agree. What's next? 
So what are we at now? Number, what is this? Five? Five. Yeah. Number five. Madden NFL 21, full list of player ratings. Are you mad that your favorite player in the NFL got a poor rating? This seems to be uh, what I've noticed over the last couple. The reason we included this, um, obviously, it's about Madden 21. Uh, They released their uh, full list of player ratings for over 2,000 players. This comes via Jordan Oleman at IGN. Um, Published on the Madden website, you can pair and filter the rating of every player in the game and use the search to find your favorites. You can also sort the individual statistics, such as strength and speed. That's where I'm going to stop right there on the article. The main reason we're including this is because I don't know if you've seen Kevin on a, uh, there's a couple of Facebook posts. Uh, one that's real popular is uh, Black Adam Schefter. I follow him, uh, whoever runs that page. Uh, real, real funny kind of NFL memes type, type uh, Facebook posts. And they posted the list. And I'll just give a kind of for instance, uh, they had uh, the top four tight ends. You know, I think uh, um, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gronkowski and then Obviously. Zach Ertz and even a lot of fans that weren't even Eagles fans were blowing up that Zach Ertz was a 90 and Gronk didn't play for a full season was 95 uh, Tom Brady is 90 I I think he should be a little bit higher a lot of Cowboys fans were mad that or I think not Cowboys fans but Eagles fans were mad uh, that Carson Wentz was an 84 but Dak Prescott was also an 84 and I think that was made to be like okay those two fan bases are so passionate and they hate each other let's just make both their quarterbacks the same rating Uh, a lot of people are upset that they feel like a lot of players are just overrated Uh, Michael Thomas being the best receiver in the NFL on Madden uh, it's debatable if he is the best in the NFL so what what do you make of this Kevin do you think that they got the ratings wrong at all they always get the ratings wrong, Joseph. This is something they do every <laughs> single year. Every single year they fuck this up. I mean, and 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 when I say fuck it up, I mean they 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 stir up controversy, right? And it and it gets us talking about what player is really better than what player, and you know this and that. And look, if Gronk is a is a ninety five, I, I can agree with that. Yes, I'm a Patriots fan. Yes, I'm biased, but he's not he's a, a specimen. <laughs> he's a specimen, and when he's on the field, he can catch. He can fucking bulldoze people. He's not the fastest, but he can block. I mean, when you start adding all of those stats into his character, into his player in the game, they boost them, you know? And and when you look at Tom Brady only being a 90, it makes sense because he's slow as hell. You know, he, he loses in the speed department and, and quickness. So, of course, he's not – I mean, yes, his arm and his IQ and everything else are going to be 99, but he's getting older. His arm strength still – it's not what fucking – Pat Mahomes is so yes he's still the goat yes he's probably still the best quarterback in the NFL but what these Madden ratings look at is they they have to look at their on-field performance from a basis of speed and agility and you know vitality all that kind of shit Um, arm strength for quarterbacks and and blocking ability for tight ends and trucking ability all that kind of stuff they gotta take all that into account and really all they have to go on is by looking at old games and by stats and when you look at those two things it's they're always gonna be fucking skewed you know someone can have a really great season it doesn't mean that they're better than the next person but because of based on last season guess what they're probably gonna be rated an 85 or you know whatever it might be even if you know Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, which I believe, you know, if when you start looking and you break down all of their rankings, well, Dak's quicker, you know, uh, but, you know, Carson Wentz got a better arm strength. He's probably got better decision making. He's got a better team around or whatever it might be. You get into the weeds. You get into the weeds really fast. And you yeah, know what? When you're very one, nitpicky. 
And when you when you watch a football game, all that matters is the X factor. It doesn't fucking matter who's the most talented quarterback because at the end of the day, it's going to matter who's got that X factor that you can't you you can't put in Madden. You just can't put that in Madden. Like Tom Brady has the X factor. He's going to still have the X factor even if he plays three more years and he's slower and his arm isn't as good. He's still going to be smarter than everyone else because he's making actual real-time decisions in the like not in a video game, in the That's real world. It'll be so much that Madden can't capture, you know? Yeah, it'll be very interesting. I really think that uh, Tom Brady may, if there is a season, that's a completely different topic. He may end up having a, uh, he may end up having one of his best seasons because I believe he's going to a better team overall. Now I completely agree with you. The state of new England is so I know we're not a sports podcast, uh, but we did want to talk about that. It is one of the things that everybody's kind of up in arms about it, it. It's nitpicky. And basically what it comes down to is people are mad that their quarterback for their team either got treated fairly or didn't get treated fairly, or somebody's a little bit too much or, and not enough or things like that. <clears throat> End of the day, it doesn't matter. Stop buying fucking Madden anyway, because all they're doing is giving you a roster update every fucking year and not updating the actual core gameplay or the graphics or anything like that. So I, and people are like, well, the PlayStation five, well, yeah, it's because it's a new fucking console. Of course, it's going to look better, um, but still going to play the same. It's still going to be the same. Exactly. Like, I, I'm, I'm so tired of hit registration and ugh. bring back NCAA football. That's all I got to say about it. If you want to play an EA sports game, play NHL. That game's fucking great. And it's been great for years. Or FIFA. FIFA's awesome. Yeah, FIFA's great. I love FIFA too. I hate, I hate um, all the monetary things in FIFA, but I, I'm, I'm a big Chell fan, so uh, I'm always touting NHL. I played that. I played so much NHL in college. It was ridiculous. Nice, have nice. S- fucking six-hour tournaments. All right. And we're well, going to stick as, with as we sit there and Yeah, I was going to say, like, like, like going back to Madden. <laughs> we're going to stick with Madden. And uh, Madden NFL 21 will remove the Washington Redskins' name and logo. Following the decision by the Washington Redskins to change their name and logo, Madden will be pushing an update when the game is released that will also replace them with the new team logo, uh, oh, that will replace the Redskins name and logo with a gen- with a generic Washington team. EA confirmed the change to Kotaku, but also and also stated that the disc version will still feature the former name and logo as the game has already prepared for its imminent release on August 25th. However, as soon as players connect to the Internet, there will be an update. So, uh yeah, and EA made a statement saying, quote, we are pleased to see Washington's decision to change their name and. Uh, team name and visual identity we are quickly working to update madden 20 uh, 21 to feature a generic washington team while we await final word on the updated team name and logo design end quote so um obviously this is this gets inherently political um and uh really what i want to talk about here is just Madden being stuck between a rock and a hard place um, because the game's done. It's been, it's pushed, it's gone gold. It's, it's been done for a month or two now. Uh, and <laughs> they're probably scrambling right now to figure out how the fuck they're going to figure out how to get the Redskins name out and get a generic, whatever that means, a generic Washington team. In <laughs> yeah. Him. Like what is, what is that going to be? <laughs> the Washington warriors. I mean, well, you know, it's, do they take a stab at what they think it's going to be? Who, I mean, who knows, right? We're we're close to the NFL season. Uh, the Washington's gonna they're gonna have to figure out a name pretty soon here. And obviously, they're in the news again with just bad culture and all this stuff with the cheerleaders and sexual assault allegations. It's just it's bad. It, Washington is looking 
bad right now. I mean, yes, they got their new but it's a dumpster fire. And, you know, they, they asked uh, savagely, they asked Ron Rivera, they're like, do you regret coming to Washington? <laughs> yeah. They just straight like, up asked him that at a press conference. And he was like, <laughs> just had this deer in the headlights. Look, <laughs> he's like, of course I am, but I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, this is, we knew this was probably going to come with everything that's uh, happening in the world today uh, with, uh, um, systemic racism and everything that's following suit. Um, it needed to, the Washington Redskins needed to change their name a long time ago. That has always been a racist name. And then it's like their head coach is native American. (laughs) That's just a slap in the face. And, um, I, what was that? I heard rumor or not rumor, but I think it's kind of gaining speed on Twitter, which I think going in size with the, um, Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on right now in the world, uh, Washington Red Tails would be an amazing team name because mm-hmm. it is uh, respectful to the African-American community. For those who know who the Red, T- Red Tails were, uh, there's a movie, I think, with uh, John Boyega that George Lucas directed. Uh, it's based on a true story of the uh, fighter pilots that were all African-American in World War II. And uh, I think that would be a very respectful, very cool name. And it just, just sounds cool. You know what I mean? Washington Red Tails. And I bet you can make a pretty badass logo with that. But with that being said, they're going to have to implement something just completely random. And what you would think they should probably do is just take that logo off, take Redskins out of the end zone. You know what I mean? And anywhere yeah. in the stadium and the, the, you know, the, the feathers and stuff like that, take, just remove all that shit and just leave them, you know, just make them look like the Cleveland Browns, but with the Washington colors is what they should right. do. Yeah. I agree. And like, don't put some stupid fucking logo. That's not even going to be an existence in reality. Like just, just, just take it all off. That's all you got to do. It's not that fucking hard. <laughs> and yeah, no, it's that not. would that would be less strenuous on your art team at uh, EA Tiburon that develops that. So I just, I just uh, yeah, this is uh, obviously it's something that needed to happen in the NFL for a long time. But uh, and it's finally happening. It does suck for the people at EA because now they do have to come up with this problem. But that's. Uh, uh, you're, you're the ones that wanted to make a fucking annualized game. Make it every five years. I, I hate yeah. Madden. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I, 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 I could sit here and rant all day about that game. Like, stop making it annualized. And then you wouldn't have had to worry about this problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. They, just they do a roster update. Every year. every year there's another so. Madden story, and it's just like, ugh, god damn it. Yep. All right. Yep. On to something more exciting. More exciting indeed. Um, right now, number seven, first look at the PS5 controller shown side by side with PS4. This comes via Joe Scrubbles at IGN. Uh, we got our first look at the real look at the PS4 and PS5 controller side by side, revealed by Jeff Keighley live stream uh, because he's got nothing better to do since he can't be in <laughs> at E3 this year, uh, which will be a foreshadow of our main topic of the show. Uh, the new DualSense controller, the presenter hosted a side by side comparison of the two. You can go to Jeff Keighley's Twitter. Uh, at Jeff, that's G-E-O-F-F, Keeley, K-E-I-G-H-L-E-Y, to see he took a picture of the PS4 controller and the PS5 controller side by side. Um, I'm going to stop the article there. It, it kind of goes on to talk about that, but we'll, we'll talk about what we're looking at here. Um, it does look bigger yep. and kind of, uh, it almost looks like uh, a cross between and I know, I know we already saw this at the announcement, but looking at it side by side of the PS4 controller, it almost looks like a cross between the Nintendo Pro Controller 
and an Xbox One controller is the vibe I'm getting from it. You know, it almost looks like it has a little bit of that old PS3 boomerang um, in it. Oh, too. when they it, first announced it? Yeah, yeah, it looks really curved on the outside, which I, I'm excited to get my hands on it because sometimes I feel with the PlayStation 4 controller, although I do I do think the PlayStation controller is my favorite of this generation. I think the Xbox 360 controller is better than the PS3, and I think the PS4 is better than the Xbox One. And then if you go between you know ps4 and xbox 360 i think it's tough i i like the sticks not being offset i like the the even sticks um but Mm -hmm. the xbox 360 controller is a fucking good controller um and I, i think i think looking at this i think it's going to feel a little bit more like the 360 controller with the with the even sticks so i'm excited about that now i watched jeff Keeley. i watched the whole half an hour thing of him playing through the little demo and astro you did whatever. it for half an hour yeah i watched it i was i was interested in seeing <laughs> he really has yeah, nothing better to do does he i i'm literally unemployed and i'm sitting in quarantine no, not, you. Out, not you i'm talking about jeff oh, Keeley. Keely? oh well both of us yeah. have nothing better to do i can pretty much uh, <laughs> assure you of that so <laughs> yeah he did it for a half hour it was a half hour long thing and so he said that it's not any heavier than the ps4 controller um really he said maybe maybe a little bit but he said it definitely That's... feels beefier so i don't know exactly what that means in real world terms because yeah, it looks it looks like it it looks like it weighs more it looks like it feels heavier and now, it's, it's coded from what i've read like all the white sorry to keep interrupting no, you Jeff, but the the all the white i i've read especially i don't know about that top layer that's around the the face buttons and stuff but the back is all rubberized grip so that's obviously got to add weight to it you know what i mean i would what i'm what i'm thinking is that it's going to weigh a little bit more than the playstation 4 controller but it's not going to feel like it weighs more since it's uh, the weight is going to be dispersed a little bit more. I think it's going to. I think it's going to weigh less than my Astro C40 controller. That thing is 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 a hefty bitch. Uh, it it feels like. I mean, it feels premium. Like it feels like a really nice controller, right? It's got the weight to it. It's got really nice rumble, all that kind of stuff. I think the PS5 controller is going to be lighter even than that, um, and so it's going to be somewhere in the middle there. I'm really really excited to get it in my hands the haptic feedback that jeff Keeley kept talking about with the triggers and how you know it, it changes through environments and all of that i think it's going to be really cool but it's only going to be utilized by first party studios don't think for a second that your assassin's creed game is going to feel different i don't think that that's going to be true whatsoever i don't think no. developers are going to be able to give a specific ps4 pa- i don't think they're going to do it but for first party games i think it's going to be really really cool um yeah, so, I guarantee you first party studios are going to be required to implement hepatic feedback. They, they worked that hard to, to do that. They're going to, I guarantee you, Sony's going to be like, look, Naughty Dog, whatever the fuck you're making next, you better use this shit because we spent all this money to put it in this controller. They can't do that to the games, people that like Activision for Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Right. And I'll talk a little bit about how Ghosts of Tsushima um, deals with the touchpad, uh, does it in, a, in some cool ways. So I'll touch on that. And they're really the first game to do anything cool with it um i i digress well so i think that sony's gonna buckle down especially and this always happens every generation right you see uncharted with cx controller you know and all that kind of you know golden abyss on the vita had all the touchpad stuff and they're gonna get people to do it and it's gonna be cool uh but i will say this you know it has a microphone on it 
and you know you can blow on your controller there's nothing i hate more than blowing on a controller i know you did it at the in the ds right because it had a little mic on there and you go oh, fuck that shit i, I don't want to blow on my controller i don't care um i've never I, done I, that oh god <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know people are sitting there blowing their controllers. <laughs> Thank Nintendo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it it uh, yeah it it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Now another thing I want to talk about with the controller is that since it does have a mic, when you start playing Call of Duty, you're gonna see all of these ten year old kids playing with their mic built into the controller, and it's gonna be horrible and horrifying you're gonna and people are and they're gonna be a bunch of people that don't know that it's even activated so i oh, that yeah. i'm really not looking forward to at all i think it's gonna be really really bad and i think sony's gonna wish they didn't put the mic in there but the rest of the controller looks really really great those are those are just my my gripes it's with kinda, it it's kind of fucking weird that it has a mic in the controller when both versions of the PS5, the digital and the one with the disc drive that we've seen, come with a fucking headset. I what is that? What is that? Why is that? Make, so why can, did you do it's that? So you can blow on it, Joseph. It's so you can blow on it and blow dust off. Stop things. Stop blowing your controller, Kevin. <laughs> Please, that's all I ask. <laughs> anyway, I, I, it looks cool. I like it. I just wish they would have put the colors in the in the face buttons, but I'm sure we'll get different versions of this thing. They've hinted at it already. They've hinted that they've got a lot of colors down the line. Yeah. So white is just going to be kind of the OG, and they're going to come out with a you know black and red and all kinds of shit. So it'd be cool oh, if you sure. get a cyberpunk one like that yellow. I mean, it would be. I mean, that yellow suit that would be ugly, sick. but it would be really cool to have that for sure. What's next, Kev? Uh, we've got uh, another Xbox story here. This comes from VG247. Uh, who wrote it? Let me see. Uh, Sharif it? Saeed. Great. Sharif Saeed. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Microsoft has reiterated that it is not leaving Xbox One players behind just yet. In the same blog post where Microsoft announced the project xCloud will soon be included in Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. The company also reiterated it is committed to making games available on as many Xbox consoles as possible. The platform holder expressed a desire not to force players into buying the Xbox Series X, which is in stark contrast to Sony's approach with PS5, where it is more interested in creating games not possible on today's hardware. As such, head of Xbox Phil Spencer said that all games from Xbox Game Studios released in the next couple of years will be available on Xbox One as well as Xbox Series X. Spencer said, we want every Xbox player to play all the games from Xbox Game Studios. Uh, this is a this news broke earlier this week, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Joseph, you you take it here, and I'll I'll think about it. I think this is a good idea. Um, a lot of people are not going to be able to afford these next gen, especially right now with what's going on in our uh, world that we live in uh, with coronavirus. A lot of people are not going to be able to afford Xbox Series X, uh, regardless of how much it costs. It's still, I think, the general consensus it's going to be more than 399 so anything over 400 dollars is 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 an, is an investment right so i think this is uh very good that these games will be made for xbox one x xbox um you know one s whatever xbox version you own 
um, because by the end of 2022, there's probably going to be five different Xboxes, <laughs> six different Xboxes that you could purchase. Um, but maybe not. Our next story will get to that. Um, I think it's a good idea. I, I think that uh, Phil Spencer, you know, they, they have harped on for years that we are looking out for our gamers. We're, we're trying to put them first um, with the exception of great first party games um, or uh, not great. They do have great first party games. Let me reword that with the exception of a variety of first party games. Uh, they do tend to look out and they, they have evolved since that very first Xbox one press conference where it's all internet only and everything like that. They learn from their mistakes and they, they, they have made good on all these promises. So I think this is just them doing what they do best, which is catering to their uh, install base. And, and I wish Sony would do that more. I feel like Sony is more about money and more about their first party studios. And, and like the games are great and all that. Uh, but Microsoft is constantly updating their UI for to help out with, uh, you know, accessibility. I mean, look at look at uh, the uh, speaking of accessibility, look at what Microsoft has done for uh, people that are disabled. You know, they've they've developed their own controller that people that are wheelchair bound or paralyzed or whatever the case may be, help them play video games. And and I, I think that this is just more of them being like, don't worry we got you. And, and I always, I applaud Microsoft for that because they definitely do that more than Sony does. Of course, Microsoft cares about money. They're a company, they're a business, uh, they're capitalists that they, they want to do things for their end goal, but looking at things like games pass and the, the value you get for that t- towards the money you put in, I just think that they, they are more in tuned with their player base than Sony or Nintendo are Nintendo, especially they, that I don't even want to talk about how fucking far removed they are from what people actually want. But um, I think, I think this is a good idea. I'm going to agree with just about everything you said, but I'm going to, I'm going to pose a question to you. Do you think the games for the new generation of Xbox are going to suffer because they're going to have to develop the games to be, to be able to be played on all systems. No. And my reason for that is I don't think we're going, and I've said this before, I don't think we're going to have that much of a, a leaps and bounds as far as what these two new consoles are going to be able to do. I think they're going to process information faster. I think they're going to load faster. And I think you're going to be able to have a few more frames per second. Um, I don't think that it's going to like a game is that you're saying, is that going to bastardize Xbox one series X games? No, I don't think it is at all. I think, uh, it'll be kind of like a destiny to destiny, uh, or how destiny two is going to run on a PS five and Xbox series X to how it does now games are, are destiny runs like shit on current gen consoles, both PlayStation and Xbox. Um, it runs a little bit better on Xbox One X because it is more powerful than uh, the Pro or the Xbox S. Um, but still, it's not that great. And I think you're going to just have that kind of, yeah, you can play this. It's not going to, it's running at 30 frames on Xbox One X, but on Series X, you can get it for 60 to 120 frames per second. Does that make sense? It does. I, I'm going to have to disagree. I From watching the Ratchet and Clank gameplay where he's warping between different worlds and the speed and everything, the way that they're designing that game, I don't think it would be able to run on PS4. And I think that that might hurt 
Xbox. I think I'm worried. I'm worried that they're not going to be able to push the latest console to the limit if they're worried about what it will do to the rest of their Xbox base, the Xbox, you know, one X and one S and all that stuff. I, no, I think I, that I, I, I just, I'm not sold on it. I, I, I see that Sony is not doing something that's necessarily consumer friendly. I don't think it is. I think that that's not the best move. And I do think that there will be some PS5 games you'll be able to play on your PS4. Obviously, it's going to run better on your Pro than it is on your OG PlayStation. And it might be like a Destiny situation where it just chugs and just sucks. But I think that there are going to be games that Sony is going to design that are going to just that fundamentally won't be able to run on a PS4. Now, I think The Last of Us, obviously being designed from the ground up for PlayStation 4 Pro and PlayStation, I think that's going to run incredibly on PlayStation 5. But I'm not so sure that you're going to be able to run because the games that run now that run better on PC, those are designed to run well on the consoles for the most part. Destiny, Destiny is an outlier. Um, I, I feel like I feel like most games run like if you let's say Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? You know that game's going to run well on your PlayStation. It's not going to be as good as it's going to be on your PC, where you're going to be able to push you know 140 frames a second, sometimes higher, um, depending on your on your PC. But you're still going to get a decent experience on your PlayStation or your Xbox One X. I don't know if that's going to be the case with other games designed from the ground up for PlayStation 5 and the next generation Xbox. So I'm with you. I, I understand that way of thinking, and I, I, I agree with you to a sense. Um, like I said, five, six years into the, the this next gen, no, they won't. But like like phil spencer is saying for the next couple of years i think obviously and and, and you know the x microsoft and phil spencer have came out and said uh that's why it's called series x i think over time there's going to be new additions or maybe the console is going to be modular like you could upgrade the graphics card on it there's going to be something that that's why it's called series x and we haven't we'll, we'll find out here at the end of the month when we get the uh, xbox reveal event um press event lit for i cannot wait yeah yeah, that's going to be great. We're going to try and do a live stream just like we did with PlayStation for that as well. Um, but <clears throat> I think initially, like every other console launch, every other console generation, first couple of years, the leaps and bounds are not, they're, they're noticeable, but it's nothing big, right? And then towards the end of the, like, like th could you have pictured a game like Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, um, Gears of War 5 at the very beginning of this generation. Like, that would have blown your fucking mind. You know what I mean? That looked this good. Uh, I mean, Uncharted 4 came out pretty pretty early on in the generation, and I, I don't know that, that you know, The Last came, of Us... It came three and a half years into it. Did it really? Yeah, it came out in 2017. Didn't it? Uh, I mean, maybe... Or 16. What? Let's look at let's oh so I mean, let's I'm say let's take Infamous Second Son right Infamous Second Son came out uh, at the beginning and that okay, game 2016 so that's 2016. two years so two years I now. guess you're right yeah it, it 
those games are still fucking gorgeous. If you put in Infamous Second Son and you run that thing, it's like butter. It runs really, really well. It looks incredible. Um, the particle effects are really great. I They have found ways to optimize, absolutely. I think that The Last of Us Part Two and Ghosts of Tsushima are better optimized because they know the system better. But as far as, as technical prowess goes with frame rate and all that stuff, I mean, I'll talk about about ghosts and I'll, and we can compare it to Last of Us because you know they came out very similarly. Um, but they're locked at thirty frames, you know. And and if they were able to uncap that or do something different, they would have. I think that's a, a hardware limitation. But you bet your ass when these games are released on PS Five, which I believe both of them will be, um, they're going to run at sixty and they're going to be locked at sixty. And, and yeah, I I agree with you there too. The the point I was just trying to make is that. Um, the end of the console generation, the games are more larger. They're prettier. They hundred percent games. You know what I mean? So they, 100%. it's because they take, they take so long to develop, right? Red Dead Redemption two wouldn't have been able to come out in 2014 and things like that. That wasn't imaginable. It was being worked on, uh, but it wasn't to the state it is now. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, 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 I think we can agree to disagree, but it's, I, I just feel like I, just don't see this console generation being that far more in advance. I think it's for load times and better frame rate is what I'm saying. The yeah. visual fidelity, I think they're going to be just as pretty. I think, uh, you know, more 4K 60 FPS is going to be more front and center. But as far as not being able to run, I just don't, I don't see that. I, I still think you could have a game that could be developed and it may run like shit and it, it may not be as, you know, 4K is the Mugen but I, I, I think it would still run. But we'll we'll yeah. see. Time will tell. We'll see. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see uh, how the games compare and how they come out and, and, and how they run on everything. I love those videos that Digital Foundry does with the comparison of, you know, how's, here's how it runs on PS4 Pro, Xbox Series X, and Xbox S, and PS4. I love all that shit because it's so interesting to me to see how they have to work around all of that. So, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Just listening to that, that guy's voice going... The ray tracing has been developed. <laughs> I love that guy. I know he's great. Um, next story. Uh, final piece of Xbox news. Uh, this comes to us via Matt Kim at IGN. Xbox One X and Xbox One S Digital Edition will no longer be manufactured. Uh, Microsoft has announced that in the lead up to Series X, the company will cease production of the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S all digital. The standard Xbox One S with the hard disk disk drive will still be manufactured and available for purchase. Uh, Quote, check out Microsoft's full statement. At Xbox, we're making massive investments to forge the future of gaming, a future that puts the player at the center of the Xbox experience. We continue to build great games for Xbox One. We continue to build build out games pass now with more than 10 million members across xbox console and pc we're previewing project x cloud in 15 countries so gamers can play with games with their friends on any device and we're working hard on the next generation of console gaming with xbox series x the fastest most powerful console we've ever built which includes backwards compatibility with thousands of xbox games and all xbox one accessories as we ramp into the future with xbox series x we're taking the natural step of stopping production on xbox one x and xbox one s all digital xbox one s will continue to be manufactured and sold globally uh end quote so this is interesting to me from the fact that they're stopping production of the Xbox one X 
which was touted as the most powerful gaming console ever when it was first uh, announced. Um, I'm going to look up something real quick here. I had it pulled up, but I accidentally uh, closed my uh, yeah, it, it my is, window it, here. It is really interesting. So yeah, the Xbox One X was unveiled June 7, 2017 and released in November. The thing's not even been out for three years. It's, I, I thought it was only two and a half. And that's, you know, it's it, it, it hasn't been out for three years yet. And I do find that very interesting, especially with them talking about how in the story we just previously read, where they're going to continue to support backwards compatibility for games, uh, cross-gen games, as they come out for Xbox Series X. Why would you say that you're going to keep making those and the most popular, most powerful version of the current gen console that you've produced, you're going to just stop making completely. I really thought that, you know, I could see them stopping production on the Xbox One S. I think the reason behind this is because the Xbox One X, and this may go inside with uh, with what I was talking about, how I don't think it's going to be that big of a leap. Maybe the maybe they're stopping it because they don't want people to buy an Xbox One X. They want you to buy a Series X. And... They're, if those aren't available anymore, you know what I mean. I, I'm thinking so, it, it could be. I'm thinking it could be two or three things. I'm thinking that one, it's going to cause confusion among general people. They're going to end up buying many, the Xbox yeah. One X instead of the Series X. I think two, they want to get all production onto the new console. And I think I think three, it's not selling well. I think all of those are true. Yeah, they still don't. They still, I think, have. Uh, that's one thing Microsoft has not done is they don't release their numbers for how many Xboxes are out in the wild. They don't, they have not wanted to tell that tale since the generation began. And I think it's because they were uh, quote unquote losing so bad to Sony that they kept that kind of those numbers a secret. They didn't want to admit that big of a margin of defeat. Um, I think from what I've heard from other podcasts and things that I've listened to and uh, other news sources is that the PS4 has outsold any type of Xbox 10 to one. And uh, that's, those are pretty big numbers. So I I do like what you said about the uh, confusion though. And I think you're absolutely on nail on the head. I hadn't thought about that yet, but yeah, you go in to find series X, you, you know, some kid wants an Xbox series X mom goes to walmart to get it and sees xbox one x oh that's what timmy wanted and it's yep. not so yep. i think you're i think you're absolutely right about that there uh but at the same time i think it's same thing too. go buy our new shit and uh xbox one s will be your you know l- lower tier purchase yeah i think it, I, I mean think that's going to go down to probably 99 dollars at some point i worked at best buy for a minute and uh I worked in the video game department and the amount of people that come in and have no fucking clue what anything is, you know, they know little Timmy wants and wants a PlayStation and you know, what does it do? What games is it? Oh, can I buy Mario for it? I mean, it's look, if it's confusing for gamers who live and breathe this stuff every day, it's going to be unbelievably confusing for parents trying to buy their kid something in the holiday 2020. So yeah, Xbox just shot themselves in the foot. They can't, I mean, they just, they're trying to do so many iterative things and and I get it. And I like what they're doing. I like that. They have all of these options. I think it's incredible. Just Um, wish they would have named it differently. (laughs) Yes. You could just call it the Xbox one digital. 
You could have called it the Xbox, the Xbox One, you know, Elite, right? You could have called it all of these things. And just called it Xbox. I think so too. I I think that's one of the biggest issues that they that 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 they could have solved. It's just if, if they called this latest one instead of Xbox Series X, if they called it Xbox, done. That's it. This is the Xbox. This is the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, no, we're so far removed from that big fat Duke that I feel like it would have been just fine to just call it the Xbox. Um, PS five is fine because they've always had the numbers system. Right. And it makes sense. Um, But they shot themselves in the foot by calling their third console Xbox one. (laughs) So and and uh, Sony, when they, when they came out with the pro, they called it the PlayStation four pro. That's very easy to understand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's super, super easy. If anything, that's the, my only caveat to Microsoft is I, they just they totally botched the naming of all this, and it goes back to the release of the Xbox One and back in 2014. So um, it, time will tell, and I, I, it's just kind of weird. But uh, I, I, yeah, they're just getting they're they're I think they're trying. They they realize that mistake, and that's why they're going to stop production of that. And they're I think trying so to get too. Their, their their ducks in a row. What's our last news topic, Kevin? We're going to talk about the Ubisoft forward a little bit. I'm going to I'm only going to touch on the on the big things. Um, so they showed Watch Dogs Legion, uh, which features the ability to play as any character in the game, which was showcased during the presentation. It showed off the different characters, unique abilities uh, to change gameplay and how they can fit seamlessly into very political stories. Cutscenes. Uh, they talked about Brawlhalla is coming to iOS and Android. Uh, hyperscape they talked about hyperscape which i know you've played a little bit this week so i'm gonna kind of uh leave it to you to be the uh the pro on that there they said uh it's going to be it's going to be closed testing on pc however it is now an open beta uh the game is scheduled to arrive this summer on pc xbox one ps4 they also showed assassin's creed valhalla um which looks like another Assassin's Creed game. And then they also teased Far Cry 6 with actor uh, Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad. Um, they showed a little, uh, it's not, they didn't show any gameplay. It was just um, basically a, a cutscene uh, of kind of what the story might be like. Uh, so that's kind of the wrap up here. I watched, I watched the whole thing. Um, and I will say the only thing I gave two shits about was Far Cry 6. Um, they showed Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Gameplay looked like Assassin's Creed. Um, they really tried to make it seem like it was different from the other three entries that had <laughs> been released before it. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't really look that way to me. It looks very nope. much the same. Uh, yep. <laughs> and cool uh i'm glad for assassin's creed fans you get another assassin's creed game the i like the setting uh, i love the viking whole whole aesthetic um looks really cool i'm i not gonna play it i said on another podcast that you know depending on how it looked i'll probably pick it up and play it i'm gonna pass um especially after playing ghosts right now there's no way i'm gonna play uh assassin's creed after that um because i think and i'll talk about it later but Watch Dogs legion i watched this as well Oh my God! What a snooze fest for me! I could care God, less that yes. I can. Thank you. I could, I could care less if I'm playing as a construction worker who has a nail gun. Who the <laughs> fuck cares? Um, and also, I mean, how generic do these areas have to be if you can take them out in so many different ways? I'm like, this doesn't seem like a good gameplay thing here. Like, it doesn't Mm-mm. seem like you're. I'm like, it. It must be if you can take it out six ways, you can probably just walk through it. 
honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of these things, just, they didn't look interesting. I was really disappointed because I was looking to get into it. I'm like, oh, you can play as NPCs. That's fucking cool. And I looked at it. I'm like, this blows. I'm like, this does not look cool. It, it just doesn't. Oh, I can hack someone's cell phone. Cool. I, I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't make sense to yeah. me. I, I feel like I'm being very negative on it. And, and that's true because I'm no. disappointed. I'm just disappointed in the gameplay. I'm disappointed in in the presentation. I love Ubisoft. Literally, I love Ubisoft games. I don't like Watch Dogs, and and I haven't liked Assassin's Creed for a while, but you talk about all the other things that Ubisoft does, I eat that shit up. Division 2, all that stuff. I love those games. Brawlhalla, I think, is a great game. Um, but uh, What's I mean, this, just uh, what's this like, Battle Royale game that's coming out with like all the Ubisoft characters? Like They showed a trailer, and Sam Fisher showed up at one oh, point. Oh, God. What is- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the um, it's uh, Ghost Recon Break uh, Breakpoint. No, um, no, no. It had characters from that. You talking about the mobile game? No, no, no. This is is it? Well, it's like a it's like a it's like an arena game. It's like let me see. Uh, riff for a minute. Okay, yeah. I mean, I as I was watching this whole thing, I was so excited. I was like, okay, we're gonna get Watch Dogs gameplay, and then I saw it. And I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! Uh, I'm just not excited about this." And and I don't know if that's an unpopular oh, so, opinion. If... Go for it. Sorry, it is mobile only. I thought it was coming to console. It's called Elite Squad. Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. Yes. And that was the big problem. Is like people have been begging for fucking Splinter Cell, like literally begging Ubisoft for another Splinter Cell. I myself am one. I love stealth games. I know you don't, uh, but I've been wanting one. And to show this trailer that shows Sam Fisher voiced by fucking Michael Ironside himself, but not to announce that's just like, like they Ubisoft just slapped their dick across their fan base's face. Yeah. I was so unimpressed with the entire thing. I mean, Far Cry six looks good. I'm buying that shit. That looks good. I love well, the trailer looks good. I want to see the gameplay. I was really, I know a lot of people liked Far Cry 5. I was very unimpressed with it. But me, I know 3 is touted as the best one, and I love 3. I, I liked 4 a little bit better. Um, 4 is my favorite Far Cry game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Far Cry. I, I'll play it. I'm sure it's going to be good. Um, yeah. Even with that being said, I was disappointed with 5. I still enjoyed my time with it. Um, now, yeah, I'm totally right there with you. I don't feel like you're being cruel to Watch Dogs Legion. I feel like that was a snooze fest. I don't give a shit. I, I tell you what, if I play that game, it's because I, I got it for free somehow on PC at some point later. And I'm not even going to play the goddamn missions. I'm just going to run around as an old woman just shooting people in the face. That's all I'm going to do. That is yeah. literally all I'm going to do in that game. It just doesn't look cool. I'm, I, I just doesn't. And and we'll talk more about this with our main topic with uh, how are these companies handling their uh, their showcase of games uh, as far as like the online thing has been. It's been very kind of uh, lackluster um, and that could be chalked up to, well, nobody's in studio in house working on games at the moment and it is hard to show some of these things. I'll tell you what uh, thing you talked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I am actually worried about that because i guarantee you the footage you saw in the in the ubisoft one was running probably on an xbox series x and it was stuttering all over the place i don't know if it was video compression or what but it it just it just did not look like it was running well i don't know why the fuck that team in ubisoft can never get facial with the since it went to origins where the engine changed uh after uh what was the one that was already in london before uh what was a syndicate after Syndicate. syndicate that was that was the last that they used that one engine twice the one that uh 
uh, the one in France that had the infamous like bugging eyes and glitched faces. What was that? Unity. 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 And so I, they both of that those, engine. I'm like, who the fuck cares? They 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 used that engine twice, and then they scrapped it and went to this engine that it's running on with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, God, it's so hard to remember all these fucking names. But anyway, they can never get facial animations right. They don't look like they belong in that time period. Uh, the character faces, it just doesn't look good. The only thing that looked good is this art style. I do like the way the games look. Like it did feel like, you know, when you go outside on a very cold winter day someplace in the north or yes. whatever, when it's cold, the way that haze kind of goes around your eyes and you look towards the sun and you could just tell looking at this game, it felt cold. And I thought that was cool. That was the coolest thing about it. I was like, man, it looks like it's really cold there. <laughs> but yeah, and that's the coolest thing that, about man. Assassin's Creed games. I mean, they, they do a good job with environmental storytelling, I think. But that's, I mean, the gameplay to me, it doesn't, it's not adding anything new, really, I don't think. it. It The bosses looked like, I mean, she, you know, they took out like that one, you know, main leader of a camp or something. I was like, really? It just, it didn't, I, they, they hyped it up so much and just, it kind of just felt like a wet fart to me. <laughs> yeah it's it wasn't it wasn't good i'm anxious to see yeah just i'm with there right there with you i want i want to see uh more far cry gameplay but where the fuck it's been two years where the fuck is beyond good and evil at tucked away <laughs> yeah, apparently they announced that for all the fans that are wanting that and they showed a trailer and haven't said two shits about it two two summers in a row and uh, they didn't talk about that once. Um, the game Skull and Bones, that was kind of a, a rip of uh, Assassin's Creed 4 with the ship-to-ship combat, it recently was in the news. I almost put this in our dock for the news, but it wasn't that big of an importance, so I'll touch base on it now. They're basically uh, changing it to games as a service model, and who knows what the fuck that means. They're going to scrap. I don't know if it's still just ship-to-ship combat, if you can get out and, on, and be on foot. If you can there's some longevity there. If you can make it kind of like similar to like sea of thieves, you can get out of the ship and go do things. I'll play that game, but if it's just ship combat, I'm not going to play it. And it, that game, I I'm telling you right now, that game sounds like it's in trouble. I think it's on the verge of being canceled. Um, you're probably, you're probably right about that. I think, you're I think it's right. so in such dire straits that I think when it does come out, it's going to be free to play with a bunch of fucking microtransactions. I, I think, I think you hit the head, the, the nail on the head with that. Um, I think they realized something that EA didn't realize with their new Rocket Arena game, which is that this shit should be free to play. (laughs) Yeah, I I think uh, Division 2 is dead in the water. Um, The new end, I I bought the expansion and I really didn't play much of it because it just kind of, I don't know, I just, and I know, and I'm with you, I like Division, I want to like it. I just, I'm tired of spending money on something that they should have had that they didn't get right the first time. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's like, we've talked about these companies releasing these games in these States that division two wasn't unplayable, but it wasn't what we thought we were going to get. And it was, it's hard to put that into words. Like it was like, give me the content that I want all when I pay for it. And like I said, games, we talked about it last or last podcast games are going up in price. I'll gladly pay $100 for a game if it has everything in it. And if that means making the game not come out five years later, so be it. But I agree. I don't know. I, I think Ubisoft could. I, they've done so many good things this entire generation. Like 
changing Assassin's Creed into an RPG is one of the best decisions they've ever made. But now they're starting to go back with how all the other Assassin's Creed's were after two. Very, very similar kind of monotonous gameplay. And it, it like now we're stuck in this loop of this new RPG. You know what I mean? Like, great. I'm glad you did change the formula. But this just looks like you copied and pasted uh, Origins and uh, what's the last one? Syndicate um, and Odyssey? No, 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 no. Odyssey. It looks like you just copy and pasted Origins with a new coat of paint on it. Yeah. And yeah, that's exactly what it felt like to me. So it's it's, it's going to be weird to see. I'm, I'm with you now. I'm probably I'll play Valhalla at once, but it'll be like I'm, I need to go back and finish Odyssey. I like those games. I just you know what I mean? I I, yeah. I, I will not pay 60 bucks for that. I hear you. All right. So we're moving on to our next section. Do you want to go into what we're playing or do you want to go into freebies? Well, I'm just going to run through freebies real quick. Uh, if this is something you guys like, let us know. Uh, Remote gaming podcast at gmail.com. Um, it's kind of hard because most free games are monthly. So we may just do freebies maybe like on the 15th of every month. Um, but there is one game that is free right now for PC owners. And it's very cool. It's an indie game. If you're a fl- fan of Bloodborne, you should go check this out. Kevin, have you seen this? No. Oh my God. So go ahead and open the link in the UR in the Google doc and it'll take you to, it's called yarn town. It's a 16 bit horror love letter to bloodborne and the legend of Zelda. This game is basically bloodborne. It's from start to finish is bloodborne, but it looks like uh, the legend of Zelda link to the past. And it's so cool. I've looked at this. I'm going to download it on my PC. You, you fight the, uh, the, uh, Oh, what's that first boss on the bridge? Um, I didn't even get there. I died too many <laughs> times before that. The, but uh, you, you fight him in the game. This just looks so cool. And it does look really, it, really cool. It's just like, I, I hope this game gets, I hope, I first of all, I hope that uh, Bandai Namco doesn't shut it down and gets pulled and removed because I would love to play this game on the Switch one day. Uh, but it is currently free. It's called Yarn Town. And uh, the link um, at IGN, you can go look, just Google Yarn Town IGN and it'll pull you up to this uh, uh, article. And you can go to the website's link. It's not on any Steam or anything like that yet. Uh, it was developed by one person and uh, it's it takes you to his website. And his name is, if you don't want to go to the website or to IGN, you can look up at 11. That's just at 11 MRAZ, M-R-A-Z. And you go to his Twitter page and it, he links it and you can go download this game. It looks so cool, uh, but it is completely free and it gives you instructions on how to do that. Um, also for freebies, uh, Xbox Games with Gold nets you WRC 8FIA World Rally Championship. I guess it's uh, that's a Microsoft's version of Dirt. Um that is on PlayStation dirt's on PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, but, uh, that is going to be free. It's a rally racing game as well as saints row Two, dunk Lords and juju. Uh, if you're owning Xbox games pass for console, you'll get, uh, mountain blade Warband was just released as well as Yakuza Kiwami two and fallout 76 on PC and is currently, I think it comes out to Xbox one games pass today. So if you hadn't played fallout 76 yet and you want to check it out, go ahead and try that. I checked it out on PC and it ran like shit. So I just uninstalled it. I, I played it for two hours. I was like, mm, Nope, <laughs> I'm not even going to play you. it for free. Oh no. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, 
if you have an Amazon Prime account, you get Twitch Prime automatically. Amazon owns Twitch. You can go over to Twitch Prime and claim uh, Free Esther, which is a really good indie game, um, kind of story-driven, narrative-based. And then Turok 2 Seeds of Evil. So if you have a PC and you want to play those two games, uh, you can go get that. But that is it for freebies. Kevin, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. Um, I'm hooked. Don't 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 ask me why or how. I'm just I'm absolutely hooked. I can't stop playing it. Feels really good to play. Um, ranking up. I'm like oh, I'm almost gold one now. Um, in in ranked. Uh, it's just really fucking fun, and I'm starting to get pretty good at it too. So I mean, it just kind of gets better as as that happens. Um, been playing that. I went back and played a little bit of Streets of Rage four. Uh, beat the campaign still really really fun really great highly recommend it uh for anybody on on i'm playing on switch uh it's on all all platforms it's great it's really really good um i played warzone and man let me tell you playing warzone after playing apex i don't know if i'm gonna be able to play warzone anymore i really don't know i do not like the way it feels after playing apex and i know that that's like a huge I, I I love the way I used to love the way Warzone plays. It's just a little too slow, and I think there are too many people on the map. I've said this for a very long time, but I just I, every time I hop into a Warzone match, it's not as fun because I'm getting I'm I'm landing with four teams right off the rip, and it's not it's it's not always fun to just camp in a corner, wait for someone to run in and shoot them so that you you don't have to die and go to the gulag. Um, and it, there's just it. I, I think Warzone is an incredible battle royale. I'm not taking away from it. But when I'm playing so much Apex, going from Apex to Warzone, there's such a staunch difference in in the way the games play and the way they feel. It's it's jarring. And I don't know if it's if I was playing Warzone and I went to Apex, if I would feel the same way. Because I've done that, and I still liked playing Apex. But going from Apex to Warzone, I don't like playing it as much. I, I sat down, I got with a group of friends, we played for like three, three and a half hours the other night. And I was just like, I can't. I It just, it, it doesn't feel the same as it used to, to me. They've added a lot of new stuff. And I think, uh, you know, part of it is that, you know, people that play Warzone play Warzone specifically. I mean, I ran into two cheaters and I was playing for three hours. That's also really, really not fun. Uh, I was yeah. sniped from like fucking 500 meters away. Uh, and there, there was no way that anybody would have hit me. I mean, you could have, re, you know, shroud plus 10, 10 points. Still <laughs> wouldn't have been able to fucking hit me from that far, you know? And it, it just, I ran into two cheaters where I was just laser beamed out of com like completely nowhere. Um, and uh yeah just it, it it wasn't that fun of a of a of an experience for me honestly but the big game i've been playing i've played about six to eight hours is ghosts or ghost of tsushima which is ghost of tsushima the game is amazing it's beautiful um and i'm sure if you've heard or seen anything uh the game is gorgeous the environments are stunning and I haven't even played at 4K yet. I've only played at, uh, at 1080p. Um, it's really beautiful, and it runs great. There have been some... I'm playing on a regular PlayStation. I haven't booted it up on my Pro yet. Uh, there are some environments where the frame drops a little bit when they have a lot of particles on the screen. There's a lot of leaves and things like that, but it doesn't drop really below like 28 frames. So you're only losing like two frames on the OG PlayStation. It runs so well. Um... But That's good I, news. 
I think the king is gameplay. I think the game, like getting in fights is really fun. It's this amazing twist on like the kind of the Batman Arkham series. I, I feel like I've seen people comparing it to Bloodborne and, and, and souls games. It's that don't listen to that. It's not like that. Um, hmm. It's, it's a little bit more actiony, but it's, it's slower than Batman is. You're generally only dealing with kind of, two, even if there are five enemies, you're kind of dealing with two at a time. Uh, plus, because you, you know, have to some, work through your stances, right? Yes. You have, there are four stances. I've unlocked two or three of them. I can't remember. You've got your sword stance, right? Which is you, you fight all of your swordsmen. You've got your stone stance, which is again, shields. And then there, I can't remember the other two wind stance, which I, I think is like, I don't fucking remember, but the the game is 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 really accessible, but also very very deep. Um, you can, if you want, you can fight shielded enemies with with your sword stance, your your regular stance. You can do that, but if you switch over, you'll realize why you don't want to do it anymore. I mean, it, the the way they break everything up, uh, and so far the the story is also really really good. I, I like the story. Um, it's obviously it's it's super super Japanese based in honor and integrity and uh, changing of traditions and all kinds of really really great stuff in there that I'm digging every second. I, I really enjoy the quests. I really enjoy. I've been taking my time, so I'm not. I'm about six hours in, and I've done the intro sequence lasts about half hour, forty five minutes, um, and then it kind of opens you up into the game. And uh, obviously, no spoilers. Um, it opens you up into the world and you kind of have these two quest lines that you can follow and they're the first two quest lines. And I still, I'm not finished with those yet. Um, so I I'm, I'm saying I'm getting close with one of them cause I like this character more. So I've been hanging out with them a little bit more than the other one. Um, but there are some really great story beats in here, uh, early on, uh, that I'm really enjoying the, the, the combat I can't. I can't rave about enough. I think it's so fun and satisfying as fuck. I mean, there are a couple uh, skills you unlock where you can like parry someone and just wipe them out in one swipe. And it's awesome. It's gory. It feels great. It's smooth. The smooth combat is smooth, smooth, smooth. Um, and I, I still haven't even gotten into like a one-on-one -on -one, like boss battle yet. You know, you fight kind of leaders of different groups, whatever. Um, but you know, the basic story is about the invasion of the Mongols. Um, and it's, it's, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I think one of the things I really like is that you can collect materials while you're riding on your horse. You don't have to get off or slow down. Um, it, it's very gamer friendly. There are a lot of systems and a lot of things that the game does that it doesn't it doesn't waste your fucking time, which I really enjoy in an open world game. Uh, you know, like when you uh, there's like somewhat of a hunting aspect in it, not really, um, but you know there are some animals that you have to collect hides, and once you kill the animal, you just run over to them, you press R two, and there's no there's no animation, you just pick it up, and it's in your inventory. So you're you're not sitting there like in um, what is it? What's the game? Far Cry, right? You sit there and you. And, you know, you open, you know, you see this little animation play or like Red Dead, right? You just grab it and go, and it That's feels awesome. great to play. It's, uh, it runs. I'm shocked at how beautiful the game is and how much detail there is. I stopped within the first three hours of the game and took like six pictures. I don't normally do that. I didn't even do that in The Last of Us. I did it a couple times. Um, 
but I didn't even fucking do it as much in the last of us as I do in this because the environment is so sprawling and so beautiful and so colorful and so vibrant. It feels alive. And, uh, they use the touchpad. I talked about this earlier, right? You know, you swipe up on the touchpad and how you get to one objective to another or a waypoint is through the wind, right? The wind will direct you where to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just swipe up on it and the wind blows and you go in that direction and it works extremely well. Um, it, it doesn't break immersion like a lot of open world games do. I will say some of the animations when you are in cutscenes, the facial animations coming right off of The Last of Us are not up to the snuff of The Last of Us, um, mm-hmm. but they're still phenomenal and really good. Um, and something else I like too that I hate that open world game games do, and Horizon I think is a is a culprit of this is like when you're having a conversation with another one of your you know friends or allies or whatever the fuck it may be, uh, you know they just cut from one face to another face from one face to another face all the time. Right. With this, they back up, and since the game is so fucking beautiful, they'll continue talking, but the game will back up a little bit and show you the environment around and all this stuff. It works really well and it's details like that that i think make ghost of tsushima one of the best open world games i've played so far i'm not done yet but so far i'm really digging it that's awesome i'm i'm extremely jealous of you um i've been waiting for this game for a very very long time i have been trying this has been one of those games like kind of like cyberpunk that i've been keeping up with year in and year out of its development i love like I've just wanted to be a samurai in an open world like this for the longest time. I've heard a lot of comparisons to the open world, kind of like breath of the wild, but with like shit to do kind of things and like more side quests, um, which I'm all about. This game looks phenomenal and I am in the process. It's going to be about another month. I'm going to get a 4k TV soon. Uh, they went down tremendously in prices. Yes. I'm honestly, depending on when I get that, because I'm pretty sure that this game, uh, even if they don't have a PS5 version, I'm sure I, I it'll run a little bit better on PS5. Um, I'm trying, I'm probably going to wait to pick this up and it sucks because I really, really want to play it, but I'm so knee deep in some of the other stuff that I'm enjoying right now that I'm not, I don't want to invest $60 into a game that I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I'm, I'm loving what I'm playing right now. So I, I, I don't want to buy it right now. And it sucks because I really, really want to play it. But I, before this came out, after I finished The Last of Us, I started these other things and I'm really enjoying where I'm at with gaming, especially with we're going back to work after my shoulder surgery and things like that. The games that I'm playing right now are perfect for my situation. So uh, with work and family life and balancing two podcasts and things like that, I just, I don't want to, when I sit down and play Ghost of Tsushima or Ghost of Tsushima, which I think that's the correct way to pronounce it. I think that's the way uh, Sucker Punch pronounces it is Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, and it's, it's Tsushima. It's Tsushima, like a, yeah. it's like a, it's not Tsushima. Like, yeah. I'm, I, we have a Japanese roommate right now, so she is schooling me on how to say it. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Tsushima. And I, I, you know, when I get to it, I'll get to it, and I'm really stoked for it. Uh, but man, I'm jealous of you, man, because it looks it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I, I will, I'll say though, wait for it. Um, it's worth it. Uh, so wait for the time that you have to set aside. And when you get the 4K TV and you get all the bells and whistles, it's a good game to uh, to to break into on that 4K TV. Um, obviously that, The Last of Us, you know, there are a lot of really great games, but this game, the environment is just so goddamn gorgeous. And, you know, I, I do feel that pull because I, I, like I said, I'm so into Apex and I'm having to split my time. And I, every time I feel like I'm playing one game, I'm cheating on the other. Um, so it's, I, I kind of, especially it's tough with streaming for me cause I'm streaming during the day and, uh, you know, I love streaming apex. It's fun to jump in, jump out. People come, you know, I've got a lot of followers from playing it and blah, blah, blah. And apex is, or, and, uh, excuse me, uh, ghost is, is not as fun to stream for me. I, I did yeah. stream for two or three hours. Uh, but I need to play that on my PlayStation 4 Pro and just move it over there and, uh, you know, play during the day for a couple hours and then stream or do whatever. And uh, but yeah, times times are changing. I'm not going to have as much time on my hands. I'm going to have to kind of go back into the workforce as the uh, federal aid is kind of seeming to end. So um, I'm going to have to go get a job and I'll be working who knows what, who knows where, who knows how long a week. Um, but so my time is going to be different. And that's going to be fine, uh, but it's going to be what it is. And I'm I'm trying to get Ghost done before I start all of that, so I might kind of uh, focus in for a little bit on those on those uh, two games and and get Ghost done and and enjoy it. Though I don't want to get done with it too quick because I'm I'm enjoying taking my time with the world and it's kind of Ubisoft this and you kind of cleared these camps and this and that and I'm I'm actually enjoying it because it's fun, it's different. Uh, it feels challenging at certain times. It's not as hard as people are making it out. Some people are like, oh my God, this game is so hard. It's not. It's really not that hard. Um, I'm playing on normal and I've thought about bumping it up a couple times because I'm I'm getting, I'm, you know, defeating nine or 10 enemies and, and not really taking any damage. So I'm thinking that it's probably time to bump it up to hard to get kind of a better gameplay experience. But we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with that next week. What have you been playing? I have been playing, um, obviously, you know, you, your, your, your love for Apex uh, really relates to a battle royale that is my love for right now, uh, which is Fortnite. Uh, I'm loving this new season a lot. I'm playing, uh, I love the weekly challenges that the Battle Pass gives you. Uh, you know, go here and get so many treasure chests or, or go get eliminations at this area. And I, I just have fun doing that. And the cool thing about it is some of these, like say some of these challenges in Fortnite are like... Uh, land it you know steamy stacks and and loot seven chests right well because it's a cha a weekly challenge there's a lot of people landing there so you, you can't get them all in one deal but i you know i work on an ambulance for uh 12 hours a day and sometimes we have downtime i have Fortnite on my phone and i've been like I, it's so almost impossible to play Fortnite mobile but i'm using that to get challenges done. I just land on my cell phone and, and uh, land on my cell phone, <laughs> land on the mobile version of the game and go do these challenges. And then I'll come back and play for real at home. You know what I mean? So uh, that's it. Cause I merged my account with mobile and PlayStation that I've been able to play both simultaneously. Um, but yeah, I've been loving, loving the new uh, art style with uh, what they're calling chapter two. They updated the engine that Fortnite was running on and uh, this new season's really fun. I'm loving all my, uh, I just I just like it more than Warzone, and I, I Warzone's great, but I, all the problems you mentioned are the problems that I have with it too. And I just think, uh, you know, Apex and Fortnite are better BRs. Um, 
personally. Um, Warzone's a lot of fun, but I prefer to play COD for COD. You know what I mean? I love Call of Duty multiplayer. I played the shit out of it when it came out, and I'm ready for the new one to come out. And I'll get that when it comes out this fall, but I'm not really into the BR of COD, which is really weird because it, 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 and and I don't want people to think that it's not, I don't think it's good. I think Warzone is great. Um, I would, I would put it number three. I'd be, you know, I I think, or maybe I'd actually put it too. I think Apex and Fortnite are right there for me. Um, And then Warzone. Um, But uh, it, 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 it's just not there for me right now. And then obviously uh, Valorant, I fucking love Valorant so fucking much. It is uh, just, it i've tried watching streamers play it and it's so fucking boring to watch streaming so i may oh, see, stop i disagree streaming. i i actually really like watching valorant streams i know i'm, really? I'm in the minority i know a lot of people that even play it don't think streaming it is that entertaining but i really enjoy watching valorant uh i i, I think it's fun that's good that's good i i don't know maybe when i do stream again uh i, I might start to stream it because i am getting really good at it i i usually finish you know in the top three on my team of five uh one two or three depending on like who i'm playing with and and uh i've won i think i won four matches in a row yesterday and i'm i'm kind of staying away from uh a ranked at the moment because i was listening to uh shroud he, he was like you know he's like if you want to play ranked you have to play with four other people you need to like go on discord and like play with those people consecutively learn how to play the game work off of each other's characters and heroes because as you go up the tiers he's like you're never going to get better you're never going to move past like gold one because everybody else is uh doing what i just said and and I, I see that. And I, I was gold one. I hit gold one and I lost so many matches in a row because I'm playing with random people who don't know how to play to other people's strengths or they're not communicating. Um, there's also a really bad bit. Like if you know, a lot of random people, you can sabotage your team very easily in Valorant by by either making a lot of noise, by running around, giving away your location. And, it, and like it's the time to kill in Valorant is insane. It takes like one shot headshot from most weapons um one shot body shot from the most powerful sniper rifle um that a lot of people can get after like round five if they've been winning rounds and you can really screw your team over and i've ran into instances where people are you know fucking their team their buddy fucking and it it just uh it's just what i'm not having as much fun and competitive as i am and unranked and so uh but yeah i've just been playing unranked and it's it's been a lot of fun um I did try. I put in there Hyperscape. This is, for those that don't know, this is Ubisoft's new BR that is coming out. Uh, It's currently in open beta on PC. It'll be coming to console here probably within the next month or so. Um, I'm going to tell you, man, I really don't like this. Uh, The art style is kind of throwing me off. Everything's too fucking blue. And when you play it, Kevin, you'll know what I mean. Like, it's just very... Very odd. Um, I feel like the time to kill takes fucking forever with some weapons, and then some mm-hmm. weapons you just get destroyed. Like I was in a battle with a mini. I had a minigun, which is you know decent. That's that should be a really easy weapon to get kills with, it in short range. And the other guy had a shotgun, and he just two tapped me with the shotgun, and 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 the bullets in the minigun only do thirteen damage, but the time to kill is so high that I there was no chance in hell of me winning that fight whatsoever. Um, the guy, you know, the shotgun spread, he possessed no skill whatsoever. He was just able to point and click. And right. um, I think it could have potential. I've I, This is a game which 
I feel opposite of the way I feel about Valorant. This is a game that I love watching streamers play more than actually playing myself. Um, and I've only played like four or five matches um, of solo matches, but, and I, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to keep playing it. I'll, I may play some after we get done here today, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I want to see how it feels on console. Um, it may, yeah, it, I think that you'll like it because the movement is almost identical to Valorant. You move super fast. You slide super long. Um, it has a parkour element to it. The uh, climbing and jumping from rooftop to rooftop is kind of the key component of this game. There's these little kind of like gold launch pads all over the map that will launch you into the air and you can get onto a rooftop of a building. Um, most fights happen on rooftops. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to replace Warzone for a lot of people. It's not going to replace Fortnite or Apex or PUBG even. So, uh, it's just going to be one that I think exists kind of like realm Royale, um, which is actually I, really, really fun. I don't like right. realm Royale. Realm Royale is really cool. If you get it down, it's, I think it's the hero elements to it are really cool. Um, and your classes and things like that, but you know what I mean? Like just the longevity of it. These other yes. games just came out first and did it, did it better. So I, I think hyperscape may have legs to it. And I think there's going to be a really, uh, small dedicated player base that it's going to continue to receive updates and support. And hopefully it gets better. I just, I'm not a fan of the art style. I just, uh, and it just looks like it was put together too quickly, but apparently this game has been in development for three years. Interesting. So, um, the one game that I started playing yesterday and I'm really having a lot of fun with it. And it started because Summit 1G, everybody that listens knows I he's like one of the only streamers I watch. He started playing this and I was like, I have that on Steam. I bought it years ago. And it's Elder Scrolls Online. And I've always loved MMOs and I love that I really am having fun with this because it's not tab targeting like, like wow, it's not automatic attacks. You play it like Skyrim. You know, you have you have these abilities you can do, but you, you, you have to like Warcraft that you can put to your key bar, uh, but you attack with the mouse buttons, um, which I'm playing on PC, obviously. And then, uh, you know, if you're on console, you'd attack with your right trigger, like you would in, uh, Skyrim. And it, it, it is a uh, live action combat and it's, it's a lot of fun. The graphics aren't great, but it's a Bethesda MMO. And, um, in contrast, excuse me, in contrast to fallout 76, this game actually is fun and it runs fantastic. I'm getting, you know, over 60 frames in an open world MMO and it's, it's just a lot of fun. I'm having, and the dialogue for an MMO, like the cool thing about it, like in wow, you know, you go and get a quest, you have to read the text. Every quest is dialogued in this. Every, every person NPC that gives you a quest now, granted, obviously because of the scale of it, the, the, they're, the mouth is just moving. You know what I mean? Right. But they are speaking. They are emoting. They are. It, it, it does feel more immersive. And from everything that I've read, a lot of people have left WoW to go play ESO. And uh, this last, I've been looking into it. I'm actually thinking about buying it here this weekend. Uh, Graymore is the latest expansion. Takes you to Skyrim. Um, I, 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 it's. I just think it's. It's a lot of fun, and I've been having a lot of fun with. Uh, with the Elder Scrolls Online, and like I said, I only played it for one night, but um, I think I'm—I think I may. This may be my uh, 
go-to game for a bit, take a break from those competitive shooters and uh, dive into this when I get free time. Yeah. I always need a game like that. I always need something. It's like a palate cleanser. Cause I love playing, yes, yes. you know, apex and Fortnite and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but there, sometimes you just need to like chill a little bit and, and play something. And uh, that's ghost for me right now. But <clears throat> after I finish that, who knows, I, I'm going to have to kind of pick something else up, but for yeah, sure. That's, uh, that's great. We've been playing a lot of games. Yeah, a lot of games. Um, speaking of a lot of games, uh, this time of year is when a lot of games are announced, and we are without one of our big, big things this year. Uh, Mid-July, uh, end of June to July is when we have E3, uh, the elect- Entertainment Electronic... Oh, what is it? It's the... Uh, damn it. Electronic Entertainment Expo. Entertainment. Yeah. Um, our main topic today is going to be about is E3 going the way of the Dodo? Kevin, what do you think? Do you think E3 is going to become non-existent in the near future? Is it even needed? Uh, no, it's not needed at all anymore. The only reason I think it would be needed is for the same reason why people like going to PAX East and PAX West. It's just kind of that community. You play the games, see what you need to see. But it's since the Nintendo Direct started, which you know started this new style of online live pre-recorded content that these developers and publishers and all and you know obviously Sony, Microsoft and, and Nintendo, these big companies, they have pretty much doubled down on the fact that these videos are they 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 do way better than even the live E3 stage shows. Plus they every year they're so worried about fucking up the stage show. Something goes wrong technically. Um, I think it, what was it? Sony one year one of their uh, one of their their demos was was broken or something like that. And it was it was a big uh, snafu. And they also had the whole <laughs> the year Sony did the weird um, music stuff and they went to different locations. It was like they're trying to mix it up and trying to do something different. No one wants any of that shit. People want thirty minutes or 45 minutes of games and they want people talking about games. They want to see gameplay and they want to get the hype that way. You don't need a crowd reaction to be hype about, you know, whatever game is coming out next, the last of us or anything like that. You don't need it. I think, I think it's sad because I think it's kind of the end of an era. I think video games are entering into a new type of, I don't want to say medium they're they're heading into a, a like a new type of fandom almost right where people are more people are playing video games now than ever thanks to coronavirus i think it's actually one of the positive things that have come out of coronavirus the video games industry i think is going to be very strong but on the other hand i will miss watching those e3 press conferences i don't think they're necessary anymore but i will miss it i will miss the hype around the e3 time period and i think that everyone is still going to use that time period to you know those couple months there to release all of their new game information and and it might get a little bloated with all the different developers doing their own nintendo style direct type thing but i think it's for the better i mean more people watch the latest sony ps5 reveal than any other like e3 conference that they had the numbers were astronomical. Why would you why would you want to move back on that? If you have such good momentum and you have people watching your content and watching and really engaged, why would you want to change that? I mean, we saw Ubisoft with an Ubisoft Forward, everyone that watched got a free uh, a free game. They got Watch Dogs 2 for free. 
that's really cool. Right. It's an awesome incentive, and they can do shit like that now that they couldn't do ten years ago. Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't think it is necessary anymore. Um, but at the same time, as a hardcore quote unquote hardcore gamer, it is one of the one times of the year that I look forward to every year is E3. Uh, this time of year is you know I I've never been a fan of summer, and one of my favorite things about summer besides going outside swimming barbecue and beers and stuff like it i do like that part of it but i just hate the heat and you do get here in texas we are inside most of the time because it's so damn hot we um but this has been one of my favorite times of year and not having it has sucked and uh we'll talk about here in a little bit about the uh the positives and negatives the way things have been are being handled now as opposed to e3 um but yeah, I mean, E3 started, I have some info here, you know, uh, E3 began in May 11th of 1995. It started 25 years ago um, and has ran every single year and has not missed a year since. This is the first year E3 has ever not been at the uh, uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo in the Los Angeles Convention Center. Um, it started in... Uh, they used to uh, hold uh, the Consumer Electronics Show is where uh, CES, which still goes on today, which does show a large, uh, prominent uh, number of video game showcases. Uh, but back then, um, video games were so taboo, it was look- not really looked upon as something big. Um, the CEO of Sega America, his quote unquote, says uh, the CES organizers used to put the video game industry way, way in the back. In 91, they put us in a tent and you had to walk all the way to the back past the porn vendors to find us. And <laughs> and so that just kind of is a testament to how like and now you look at things like today, how mainstream gaming it has become. It is probably uh other than film with Netflix and things like that, it's probably the second largest entertainment industry in the world. Um, and it's definitely up there. Right. So, and, and E3 has been a part of that because it's helped helped grow those businesses, helped showcase these games, helped show the technology off and everything like that. And so 25 years is a long time to have something and they haven't all been great. Uh, the public has only been, they started going in, uh, let me see. I think it was what 2017 they started allowing the public because 2016, yeah, yeah, 2017 was the first time the public was ever allowed to attend. Um, for those that don't know, E3 every year is usually uh, for journalists, uh, people in the games industry themselves to showcase it, and then they broadcast it all for us, uh, nobodies to see. You know what I mean? Right. And um, the the uh, attendance is always around sixty ish thousand usually every year, um, with the exception of two thousand seventeen. It's been up into the uh, sixty eight sixty nine thousand. The highest number attendance uh, ever recorded was. Do you know when the highest number was? I'm going to say probably twenty eighteen. No, actually, it was when the public wasn't even allowed to attend. The higher the record for the highest number of E3 attendance is 70,000, and it was May 18th of 2005. Do you know what got revealed that year? No. The PS3. That was there the year go. that PlayStation 3 was uh, announced, and that was a very uh, 
big thing. We were, I remember that time uh, moving from the PS2 and the Xbox to the Xbox 360 PS3 generation uh, was such a graphical leap that everybody wanted a piece of that. And that was still to this date, the highest uh, attendance, um, the lowest attendance. And I can't find any information on this. I've tried to dig the lowest attendance was in 2008 and it was 5,000. Oh my God. So just, so just three years later in 2008, uh, there was only 5,000. And I think that was when we hit our, uh, recession. I think that might've been why I'm I'm not, that's that's the only thing I can think of on the top of my head was that we were in a recession. And I, I think honestly, I think 2008 is quoted as the worst year in gaming, uh, 2008 in gaming. Let's see what we have released that year. Yeah. I'll look it up. Uh, yeah. uh, These are your games for 2008. Well, I I mean, I don't know. You got mass effect, fallout three, grand theft auto four, really good games. Yep, Dead Space. So I, I don't know. I don't know why it was uh, Left for Dead. They're really good games in 2008. So I, I don't know why that was the lowest. I'm just assuming because of uh, of uh, the recession that the country was in at the time, possibly. Um, but ever since uh, about 2010, it's been, uh, or excuse me, 2015, it's been climbing. 52,000 in 2015, 50,000 in 2016, 68,000. That's in 2017, obviously, because now you're having, uh, I think they allowed 10,000 people to attend is who they gave press badges to, or not, excuse me, not press, but access badges to. Right. Um, And 69,000 in 2018. And then last year it was down 66,000. So even so with how we feel the, the industry is heading, um, the market for how things are, it's like you were saying, the convenience of just watching it on YouTube, uh, the less stress it takes off the developers. Think about the money too, that these presentations, um, we'll talk about favorite E3s here in a minute, but some of these uh, produ- productions that these uh, developers and publishers did to showcase were huge, you know what I mean? And that that costs a lot of money. You could put something up on YouTube and it takes away from that. So it's just... Uh, I don't know. It's 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 a weird time um, without it, but I do I do think eventually there will be no E3. It's already been confirmed that in 2021 there will be one, though. Yeah. So what I think it was 2016 was the year that EA moved offsite, and they've been doing their own thing yeah. at the same time as E3, like across the street. But they didn't want to really be associated with E3 anymore. They were they've been kind of they've been the catalyst for a lot of company. I mean, and Sony basically said, we're not going to E3 anymore. We don't need to. And I think those, yeah. I mean, when those big companies start saying that they realize that they don't have to spend all the money to come over to the States and do all this stuff and set up the booths and blah, blah, blah. They can just do it online and they get the same results because most of the time your journalists are writing on stuff that they see. Now, the, the one thing is that, they generally aren't getting hands – a lot of journalists get hands-on with games at E3, and they get to play a lot of them and give impressions based on, you know, obviously very small vertical slices of the game. Uh, that all happens behind closed doors. But that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is happening now. They're sending – they can send people copies. They can do a lot of stuff that they weren't able to do back in the day. And I think that we might see a lot more of that coming to fruition here in the next few years because I – I just, if I'm a company and I'm Nintendo 
and I'm I'm a Japanese company and I've got to come over to LA every single year and pay people overtime and get the booth set up, make sure everything's working correctly. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money mm-hmm. that I have to spend just so people can get some hands-on time with Mario Odyssey. I mean, you know how it's going to play. It's Nintendo, it's, and it's Mario. You know, it's it's not going to yeah. suck. It's going to feel good. Yeah, you, so, you can you can get the same impression from a YouTube video, right? Exactly, yeah. You, you absolutely can get the same impression from a video, and, and it allows the journalists to write quickly and not have to deal with all the bullshit that you hear all the journalists talk about e3 they're like oh we love e3 you know but it's so stressful and i don't get any sleep and you know we're out you know till all hours of the night and it's just like i i don't i've been hearing the cries because i mean i've been listening to uh, you know a lot of people uh, over the last 10 to 15 years in the games industry and every year it's like oh here we go it's E3, let's do our predictions, let's go, let's, you know, and everyone's exhausted, they all get sick afterward, it just doesn't seem, and they're writing till all hours of the night, it just, it just seems a little dated to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss it, because I really enjoy it from, like, a very, you know, selfish, personal standpoint, I love E3, I've always loved E3, I've been hyped every single year, um, for E3, I watch all the press conferences, I, you know, I set alarms and all that shit to make sure i don't miss anything but i'm essentially the experience isn't changing for me right for the average gamer it actually it's a better it's a better conference it's a better press release because i'm getting something that's heavily edited that's put together really well and it's 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 more concise and they they can show you exactly what they need to show you you don't have to watch someone on stage with a controller you know to to know that they're playing the game i I was it's so during coronavirus a lot of people have been trying to change the way we consume media and consume live media especially last night for example um uh, the muni which is one of the biggest uh, i'm obviously an actor so the muni is one of the biggest theater companies in in the united states they're a summer theater and they did this kind of like muni live thing right and it just it was good but they showed like old footage and and it was spliced together and half of it was live and some of it wasn't it's strange and and that's kind of what the e3 press conferences were like when i watched i was watching it and i was like this seems a little bit like e3 to me and obviously it was in my head because i knew we were doing this as a topic but it was i was like this would have been better if it were all pre-recorded it just would have flowed better, and it, yes, it doesn't have that same live gravitas. Which, as a as a live stage performer, I I understand the value in that, but it doesn't always come across on video. Anyways, you got to be in the room. You have to be there to feel the energy and feel all that stuff. It doesn't matter if someone's you know in the background going, "Oh yeah," I, I, See, I don't need that. I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a minute. I I love the hype of E3. And I think that ambiance, the the being around the people and the, the, the uh, sharing those emotions live front and center, 
I think that's a part of it. I know we did the PlayStation live stream and I got super stoked about, you know, Demon Souls remastered because I called it. But, you know, that would have been something that if I was at an E3 showcase, you know, I'm not the only one that's going to be cheering and screaming at the screen. You know what I mean? Like, and yes, it is. It is childish. It is. It is kind of like, okay, we get it. Calm down. But at the same time, like that's the like I that is the one thing I loved about E3 is the hype that you get. I still to this day, I mean, I will get chills watching the announcement trailer for the last of us part two right and just hearing those people scream and and seeing people's reactions to it and things like that and it's just it's 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 a part of it and that is the thing that i'm gonna miss is if this is you know uh, they've said they're gonna come back next year but like like you said you know right now we have a um square enix electronic arts sony they all hold their own event um Right, you know, um, what what uh, PlayStation? Uh, PS, well, what what's the thing that they hold every December, or they, except for last year? Uh, PlayStation uh, experience, PlayStation Sony. PlayStation. Oh yeah, they do. Um, PSX. Uh, they, yeah, PSX. So they they do that, and then also, um, you know, Blizzard every fall has BlizzCon. And they'll show like, you know, Activision Blizzard, Activision will show like the new COD and stuff uh, with Microsoft. I bet money we get a trailer for the next Black Ops here on July 23rd uh, when the Xbox event happens. So um, there's already companies, the big players of this have all backed out other than Microsoft, uh, Ubisoft, and Nintendo. You know what I mean? So and then you have Bethesda, which... I will argue about probably that they, they shouldn't even be having a conference. Their last two were just so poor. They had a really great one in 2016 and 2017, but uh, 2018, 2019 was, was horrible. I don't even know why they had that. They should have done something on YouTube if they wanted to showcase what they had. And it just, like I said, you know, the hype is what I will miss about it. I, I do think there is a, a something to be said about, experiencing those emotions that you can't that yes you get yourself get hyped but you're not sharing that with anybody else and even though i know me and you have never been to an e3 a lot of people have and that's an experience that's going to be taken away and i we i'd love to have been to an e3 one day and now we may never get the chance yeah i mean that's that's definitely true i i I think i think it's going to suck not having some of that um but i think at the end of the day, it'll end up being better because I don't think E3 and Bethesda are going to be forced to have lackluster showings. I mean, really, at E3, we see every year FIFA and Madden, and it's just like, okay, and they show a, like maybe one or two things that people are actually excited about. Uh, Bethesda, yeah, don't even get started. They haven't had a good conference in a while. Square, Square Enix, always so boring. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like a little bit of Final Fantasy news, a little bit of Kingdom Hearts news, and it's just like, it's there's not enough there sometimes to constitute having an a conference three press conference, you know, oh, and, and Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, they always have enough because they plan to have enough. But some of the other companies, I, I just I feel like it's been lackluster. Like I've watched a lot of these conferences and yes, there are amazing moments like I for me, one of the most incredible E3 moments was uh, the first The Last of Us um, gameplay reveal. I'd never seen anything like that before. It was incredible. My jaw was on the floor. I watched it four times in a row. I couldn't fucking believe that this was a video game. I couldn't believe that it looked like this and, and could play like this, you know? And I, I, I remember that is probably my favorite E3 moment. Um, there have been a is lot. Is 2012 of when they announced the first Last of Us? Yeah. 
I, I mean, God, what an amazing reveal, right? And and I keep thinking to myself, would it would it would it be worse if I just saw it, you know, on like a live stream or something like that? And I don't know that it would be worse. I mean, it was cool hearing people freak the fuck out, you know, when Joel, you know, strangled that guy and you know shoved the dude, at, you know, killed him against the desk and all that stuff. It, it's awesome, but. You're gonna have those reactions, I think, regardless. And and I know you're saying it's that shared experience. And and I I do I do agree with that. That that it definitely is um, going to to miss that. I think you know, watching it on yeah. YouTube isn't the same as as watching a stage show. But I I I kind of feel that the good will outweigh the bad in in certain ways. Yeah, I I agree. I I, I and I I. I'm right there with you. I, I think this does need to go away because of the cost. And like, I would rather see these developers and publishers put more effort into giving me a full fledged product when it is released, instead of me having to wait and pay and do all these things and wait for updates. If you've spent that time and money on E3, you just, just work on the game. You know what I mean? If, oh, if yeah. you could put it all into a, and I did not saying that, a live stream doesn't take a production cost because it does. I'm not, but it's way, way astronomically less than going to Los Angeles for uh, four days and setting up a conference. Um, You know, E3 has been in trouble for a couple of reasons. Um, It's always been in talks with Sony uh, backing out a couple years ago and saying that they weren't going to be there last year. And then, um, you know, EA pulled out, is doing their own thing. Well, in 2019, last year's E3, a big uh, um, problem occurred uh, with E3, and that was the uh, the data leak. Do you remember this? Yes. So on August 3rd, 2019, it had been found that an unsecured list of personal attendee data was publicly accessible from the ESA site. ESA is the main website for E3. Uh, The list contained the information of over 2,000 people. Mostly all of them were press and social media influencers that had attended E3 in 2019. ESA removed the list after its public visibility was found and apologized for following the information to become public. However, Similar techniques to access the 2019, they data mined it basically and got the data for over 6,000 attendees of past E3s still available. And so what this was, was this was uh, people's uh, email addresses, their cell phones, hell, even their, I think their homes were even on this. You had people like uh, um, Greg Miller, uh, Alana Pierce, uh, Adam Kovic, a lot of people in, in, uh, uh, in, in social media and uh, games journalism and things like that. Um, uh, no, uh, no, uh, what was her name? Naomi, uh, Naomi Kyle, uh, from my, not Naomi Kyle from IGN. <laughs> um, and you know, Lalana, Naomi, very beautiful, attractive women, a lot of creepy fucking people on the internet. And now they're as a woman and everything that's going on in the world, they, they probably felt, uh, that, that that's like, that that's the worst thing that could happen to you as, as a woman, I'm sure. You know what I mean? And uh, especially when you're all over Instagram and Twitter and you have people saying disgusting, vile things to you on a daily, now your phone number, email address, and address are out there for everyone to see. Yep. So that's uh, that was a terrible thing that happened. Um, and then now it gets canceled because of coronavirus. And so you have those two things that happen within 12 months of each other. I, you know, they've said that 2021 will be there, but who's attending this thing? And then 
as far as like actual public attendance, not public, but you know what I mean? Like the journalists and things like that. And then mm-hmm. what's going to be there besides Microsoft and Nintendo. And, and I'm, I would, I think that'd be great for them to be there, but I'm with you. Like, hey, that's not enough for a full conference. That's not enough to justify these journalists traveling all over the world. I know they will, but that's, that's expensive. And to only have, you know, a couple companies that only that, that people care about and not have all of the things there, PC gaming show and things like that. And uh, EA and Sony and all that together. And that's the good, one other good thing about it. It's the one time of year where, you know, me and you are pretty much for the most part, I know we talk about Sony a lot, but, but like I said, if you're listening, it's just because that's what's been in the news this late, uh, lately this summer, since we've started this podcast, uh, we are console agnostic and, uh, it, that's the good thing about E3 is it brings all of this, all of these companies together and, and as Sony and Microsoft have, have always, especially lately have been very, uh, congratulatory to each other on stage. Uh, Phil Spencer has touted so much, um, you know, to, to what Sony's doing and, and Shuhei Yoshida has done the same thing right back to about what Microsoft's doing. So yeah, that's the good thing about it is it makes people, it helps bring to light that, Hey, yeah, there are, you know, it's capitalism. They're going to try to compete against each other, but who cares? You know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's the one good thing about it. Uh, it it's it makes both better and i think you know the e3 press conferences are always very interesting there's that famous moment where um i remember xbox did something where you couldn't share games or whatever and then shuhei and and whatever they're like and here's how you trade games on playstation and they just handed the uh the the disc over to each other it was like a huge yeah. in the face to xbox i mean but those are those are great moments that i'm not sure you would get um if there wasn't an E3, they probably filmed that day of, you know, and, and they thought it was going to be really funny. And it was, it was a hit. It's, it's a, it's a very memorable moment from E3. There's also a really great Xbox moment where they talk about backwards compatibility uh, on stage and everybody fucking freaks the fuck out because they're like, hell yeah, this is what we want. We want yeah. these things. We want backwards compatibility. And it's, it's a good gauge. I think, I think there's going to be less pivoting at the last second for some of these press conferences and there have been times where i think sony do they usually go last traditionally i usually feel like they usually get the last the last laugh right at e3 sony it, it usually takes a place over like a wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday and i feel like yeah, microsoft's sony, usually saturday and then sony is sunday right and it's always everyone's kind of holding their breath to see how sony responds to xbox and a lot of times they make last minute changes um and they make oh, adjustments. for sure you'd have and, you know, rightfully so. I'm sure if Microsoft was in that slotted time position as well, they would probably do the same thing. Um, you know, we were talking about favorite moments, and this kind of falls in line with the conversation. My favorite E3 moment, my favorite E3 was 2016. Um, you know, it started off uh, that Saturday morning. I mean, there, it starts Friday, but the really good stuff, you know, you have Electronic Arts and Square Enix on Friday. But Microsoft, Bethesda, uh, PC Gaming, that's all Saturday. Ubisoft, um, and then, so Microsoft came out and they unveiled uh, their Xbox One S, a newer version of the Xbox One. You're like, okay, cool, 4K video support and all that, blah, blah, blah. And then you see Project Scorpio and and that, that became the Xbox One X. And it was like, oh man. And it was just so exciting to see, well, they're they're blowing, you know, it had that trailer with with like Todd Howard and, and uh, um, 
who else was there? There was tons of developers that were saying this is the most powerful console that they've ever worked on. And it was just like, oh, here, Microsoft's trying to come back. You know what I mean? And that was awesome. And they had Gears 4 and Sea of Thieves was announced. And sadly, a game that I've been wanting to happen for years and years that got canceled was Scalebound. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. It was like a third person game where you, you were teammates with a dragon. It was just awesome. And that, that that happened, and then uh, Bethesda came out, and they revealed a remaster for the Elder Scrolls Skyrim for PS4, uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Um, Elder Scrolls uh, Online got a VR version. There was Doom and Fallout 4 were announced, and and like that was just huge for Bethesda. And then the next night, Sony comes out with like these drums and like this 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 like ritualistic chanting music and you're like what is this game and it turns out to be god of war and you're just like oh my god and like kratos isn't yelling his lines and like that i just remember (laughs) remember that very well and just i just that was one of my favorite e3s and that that particular because in my opinion we kind of this will probably be a topic maybe for next week we've been arguing today about what's the best playstation 4 exclusive um but like that that shown me, I was like, man, I might give a shit about God of War. And it turned out that it was right. I, it is my favorite. It's probably my favorite video game of all time. And I don't even really like the God of War series, but that game was just so great. And yeah. uh, it's, it's definitely up there. I don't know if I'd call it favorite, but it's, it's definitely up there. And, and uh, you know, that, that got me hyped for it. And that's the thing that's going to be missed. But um Let's talk about what they've done this year. You know, uh, E3 obviously didn't exist. We got a bunch of press conferences. And what do you think uh, about the way that they're doing this? They're very spread out. You know what I mean? E3 takes place over a weekend. This is giving these publishers time to, you know, we had Sony a month ago. uh, Nintendo's doing little mini directs here and there. Sony's still going to do their state of plays uh, throughout the year. Um, Microsoft has one in two days. And so... What do, you, what do you think? Do you think this is the right way to go? I do. I think now I, I think not having E3 is a big reason we don't have a price tag for the PlayStation and the Xbox. I, I, I think they probably would have had to release a price, at least if one of them did. They both were going to have to. I yeah. think they're waiting to see what the other is doing. I think Xbox is going to knock it out of the park this weekend. Um with with their event i think they're going to show us some games that they've been working on for a while and i think they're also going to appeal to gamers in saying you know we talked about this uh, earlier on the podcast but saying you know if you still have an xbox one x or an xbox one you're not going to be left behind like we're going to take care of you and i think they're going to explain how that works and i know i had my theories about i was worried that the games might not be as next gen as I want them to be because of them thinking not just for their sole proprietary new console. Um, and we're, we're going to see, I'm, I'm really, really interested to see how Xbox plays this because Sony did kind of go first here. They did have their big PS five reveal. Um, and Xbox has had time to look at it, see what worked, see what didn't. And they're going to come back, and I, I have a feeling they're going to knock it out of the park. As long as they have the games, as long as they've got some cool first-party games to show us, and they're obviously they're going to show off the new Halo. 
Um, and I, I read an article today that there's going to be a grappling hook and there's going to be sprint. So it's going to be different. It's going to be a different Halo game. And it will be really interesting to see how those hardcore Halo fans receive it. That, that you said I think gra- grappling, you said grappling hook and somewhere right now, Chris Raygun is just coming in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would hope so, but I don't know because he's such a, he's such a Halo stickler that I don't know if he wants a grappling hook in Halo. That might be That's the one. True. The one game where he doesn't want it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he says about it. But I, those Halo diehard fans, they will buy system. They will buy systems. They will buy multiple. They will buy, you know, they will get shit for their friends. They are crazy, crazy fans. They're crazy loyal. And I know the last Halo wasn't up to every up to snuff for everybody and, you know, this and that. And there's always going to be purists out there. But if the Halo game, if it's good, it's going to be huge for Xbox. They need it to be good. They need it to I'm be good make, because they need to sell the system. I'm going to make a prediction. I uh, We've seen kind of bits and teases of it already this gen. I don't know if it's going to get announced today, but I feel like there is going to be even more of a partnership with Nintendo, with Microsoft. I think you, you're going to see some ports to Nintendo Switch. Of I think you may get like a Gears of War on switch i think you may get master chief collection on switch um that would be huge. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm calling it right now i really i really think microsoft is going to try and you know what we may not have the exclusives that our comp competition has um but we're in the business of making this about gaming and getting you our games and the things that you love that we do everywhere and I wouldn't be surprised. I really think, and I'm you, you're going to call me crazy. I do believe within the next year or two, you're going to see the Master Chief Collection or Halo 5 on PlayStation 4 or 5. There's, I see, the, I think you're crazy. You're right. I, 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 I would love that, um, but you know, I'm, I really I'm do. I to jump into the Master Chief Collection. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and get an Xbox uh, Series X and. Um, and a PS5. I'm going to try and, and swing both if, uh, you know, if my bank account allows me. <laughs> yeah. But, and, uh, and I think, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I was just going to say, you know, I'm excited to play through the Master Chief collection. I'm excited to play through all of these Halo games that I experienced uh, and played, but didn't spend as much time with that I probably should have back in the day. Yeah. And I, I think you're right with, uh, that's because of no E3 this year. Both companies are being very cautious uh, because they know they already, I mean, it's common sense. Whoever's going to come out with that first price, the other one's probably going to come out a little bit cheaper. And it's like, I honestly think Microsoft is going to come out with the series X being a little bit on the, not cheaper, but I feel like if they hit that four ninety nine or three ninety nine price point, or excuse me, yeah, four ninety nine price point that we all think that the PS five and Xbox Series X is going to be. Then it's like, well, what does Sony do? I think lo- logically, whoever comes out and says whatever console is a certain price, you just have to price it at that same price. You know what I mean? I agree. I, I don't I think, think you. I don't. I think the technology in both of these systems is going to be too costly that they're both already at a loss almost. Um, and I think that you can't lowball here especially and that's the thing that sucks and that's why you haven't got a price yet right and and i think you haven't gotten a price because of e3 i mean you know 
talking about how things are traditionally done and traditionally released, the one of the biggest memes in the world was when PS3 was revealed at E3, and they put that five ninety nine price point on it, six hundred bucks for the PS3. I mean, holy shit, what a meme! And I was it, a sucker and bought one. So me too. Yeah, I I got one too. Um, and holy shit i mean and they sold a lot of ps3s and obviously i think the main reason that well playstation ended up outselling xbox towards the end of the generation once they had all the different SKUs out there but the reason xbox won was because they had the 360 was a fucking great console first of all but but second of all they had the price right and i don't think sony is gonna fuck up again that badly i just i don't think that they will or Microsoft for that uh, that fucking Xbox One when it first came out was five hundred dollars. Yeah, and like, isn't that crazy to think about? We're about to get a PS Five and an Xbox Series X this year, and the PS Five is going to cost maybe two hundred dollars cheaper than a, a PS Three, and the Xbox Series X is going to cost maybe a hundred dollars cheaper or the same price as an Xbox One. That's just it's insane. Really, like, yeah, it's, it's and, really and, insane. And it's like you said, that's the reason why there has been no price because the people that would be reporting on these prices are gonna aren't in attendance because it's not happening. Uh, the people that will be there to uh, analyze the finances and stuff like that, they're 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 uh, all their shareholders. They're they attend E three every year. That's not happening right now. They're under no pressure to give a price at this point. They could honestly, both companies could just be like, "Fuck!" The week before you know black friday they announced the price and there you go right. and people fucking buy it they could they could almost they could honestly do that and we were ended up paying six hundred dollars for both systems you know what i mean yeah absolutely i mean that's a, so that's a reality sony came out and said they're ramping up production of ps5 because they're expecting demand to be huge uh and they're also saying that they're limiting uh they're limiting one console per person so that right there tells you that they don't think they've got enough consoles for the demand. And that also leads you to believe that they think that where they're going to price the PS5, it's going to sell like hotcakes. And they also came out and said, hey, everybody, don't worry. We're not going to drop it at a random time like at midnight. We will let you know when pre-orders go on sale. They're coming out and being very, very transparent with this new console and they're saying look and you know we know you want it we've got it we're gonna ramp up production hopefully you're able to get one but if you're not you know let it be known that it's not because joe schmo buys 10 and is selling them at at twice the price right i don't know why they're doing that though honestly because the only thing that sony showed that is going to be on the playstation 5 at launch that we know for a fact that actually has a release date is spider-man miles morales and it's like, okay, do you really think they're going to sell out? I mean, I know it's going to be a popular, it's going to be the holiday buy thing, right? The Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 are going to be the Christmas, the thing that's under a lot of people's Christmas trees this year. I totally get that. But I don't think the demand, it's it's a console launch. And it's it's like, I just, I feel like PS4 Pro and Xbox One X came out so uh, not that long ago that... I just don't see them selling out or selling off the shelves or needing that extra demand. When I read that they're going to be producing 10 million more units than they originally intended, I was like, what? Why? You don't have any games out for it yet. There's no, 
real reason to even own that this year, to be completely honest. If we're being completely honest, if you have an Xbox One X or a PS4 Pro and or, there really isn't a reason to buy this until you're financially capable. You don't, I, I don't think people need to stress this holiday season to get these because, and it's like a launch, right? Like who knows if, and especially if they're upping the production, you know, does that, do you run into possible uh, errors, bugs, things like that? It's out of the box. It doesn't work as great. I don't think so. I think it'll be fine out of the box, but do you understand what I'm going with that? Like, I don't think that, yeah, I just, I don't think that there's going to be that big of a, I I just don't see them selling that crazy until maybe next year. People need to get out of this shit. People are dying right now. Yeah. I I really hope you're right because I want one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I hope you're right. Thank God my neighbor died of coronavirus so I could get his PS5 because they were (laughs) sold out at Walmart. (laughs) I bought it off him for for 50 bucks more. His wife said, take it. They had a fucking estate sale. Oh, oh it's horrible. Yeah, anyway, we're funny. We're funny. I mean, um, I, your 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 Fortnite's gonna be there. Your Apex is gonna be there. Your Warzone's gonna be there. Your Call of Duties. Your your Fifas. Your Maddens. Like all of the all of the staples. Yeah, it is gonna have games. You're right. It's not. You're right. It's not gonna have those exclusive titles that you know they're gonna be. You're gonna be salivating over. You know, you're not gonna be able to play God of War two yet. You're not gonna be able to play. You know, Halo five. I guarantee I guarantee you Halo 5 is not ready by this holiday. I guarantee you. I, you know, I, I think I think that I think it will be. Really? Yeah, I, I, I guess I, we'll I, find out this weekend. <laughs> if if Xbox wants to take a leap ahead, they're they're going to have to do it. I agree to. with that. I totally agree with that. I think I think if they want to get ahead of the curve uh here and I like how huge would that be, right? Like like okay, Sony has Miles Morales, um Spider-Man and but in, in this Godfall game that's coming out in January, but there's no horizon until when did they say that was sometime Jesus next Christ, year, February, 2020, February or March. Yeah. 2021, February, March. And then, but yeah, like to be like, okay, well you can buy Xbox series X and it has our main game right to play with it. That, that has never happened. There has never been a console launch that has a, with the exception of the Xbox, the original OG Xbox that had Halo Combat Evolved, but nobody knew what that was at the time, right? So there has never been a console launch that had a mainstay exclusive ready to go, other than Nintendo, right? With like a Mario game. Yeah, and I and Bre- yeah, Breath of the Wild was launched with a Switch, which was a huge seller. I, I you got to do it if you're Xbox, right? You you gotta you gotta blow your load. You gotta you gotta put Halo right at the beginning. I really, really believe that, and I think they'll. I, I think just they'll don't do think it. it's going to be ready. We it's haven't seen enough of it. While it's yeah, but we haven't seen anything of it. I know. I've seen two I, think that, I I know, but I, you got to think that Xbox is keeping it under wraps, man. I, that's my hope. My hope is that it, it it maybe I'm being a little a little too optimistic here, but if I'm Xbox and I want to fucking kick Sony in the shorts. I'm going to release Halo. It's been in development for what, like three years? Yeah, I just, I, my, my, the, my only way of thinking is is just because of what we have and have not seen of it. We have seen no gameplay. We have barely seen a cinematic that may or may not even be in the final product. And it, it was a teaser is all we've seen. And now it's like, it's just, I, I feel like if they do say that it is coming out for launch, it gets delayed. Mm. 
I'm not gonna. I'm not saying it's gonna be good. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're confident. I, I disagree. I think it'll be better than four. I really do. Um, I, I don't, don't think that would be Halo. too hard. This isn't even Halo. We're stupid. This is Halo Six. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, it's Halo Six. Infinite Halo Infinite. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Halo Five was the one with lock and everything. So we apologize. Don't don't kill us, you Xbox nerds. <laughs> yeah, Halo Five Guardians came out in 2015. So it's been it's been five years this game's gotta be good to go it's gotta be you would think yeah halo infinite uh this is technically halo 6 so yes i i thought that was wrong when i said it so i do apologize um but you know to go back on the topic of are they doing okay this year with the way things are being presented uh i i think the bad thing i hate about it is it's been it's been all over the place right when e3 is announced you get on their website a little uh you can go and check and it gives you the date and times ign gives you the date and times twitter has the date and times of all the events all the all the showcases and things like that we haven't had other i mean i know me and you have it because we're involved we're doing a podcast we would probably be keeping up to date on it anyway but i feel like it's removed a lot of the average person didn't see ubisoft's press conference didn't see uh, anything that Square did, missed the Nintendo Direct. Um, maybe even, I, I, I think when we went live streaming, people were like, what, there's a PlayStation event today? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think unless you're, right. you're I in think... the know, a lot of people didn't know. So I just looked up numbers for the Ubisoft Forward, right? It had over 2.35 million viewers. Now I'm hmm. going to look up, okay. look up the That's... same thing for Sony. That is way more than I thought. I'll riff for a minute while you do that. Let me know when you're ready. I just, yeah, that, that kind of blows my mind. 2.3 million viewers. That's a lot for Ubisoft. That's just a that's just a publisher. You know what I mean? That's not a huge company like Sony and Microsoft. Uh, press conference. Uh, Trying to figure out what I want to eat for dinner on, tonight. Uh, watch Sony's <laughs> PS5 reveal. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up, but it's not triggering. Okay, and so this is 7.32 million people watch the PS5 reveal event. That's that's still a lot. That's, I wonder if that's... there's any way to see how many people watched the PSX a year before. Or not PSX, but the the reveal of uh, Last of Us 2 at E3. No, so that was at PS5... PSX as well. So Yeah. Let me see. So the PS5 reveal was, yeah, it peaked over 7 million. Uh, let me see if they compare it to the PS4 because that's what I'm really interested um, to see here is that how it compared straight just shy of is PlayStation, uh, Sony's products attached just shy of 80 million views on YouTube during E3, just under 10 million more than Nintendo and 55 million more than Microsoft. So in 2018, Sony's product attract just shy of 80 million views on YouTube. Mm. Um, and that's that's why it's the, the article's head is is so is PlayStation right to skip E3? So they're they obviously see that they're the numbers are still there, even if they're not. So people are watching it more than I thought. Um I but do you do you get what I mean? It does it doesn't seem as uh cohesive as E3 was. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe people are 
uh, more in tune to it, which is great. Like I said, this is, I think this is a better step forward for the industry itself. Uh, this is bad for E3. They also, too, E3 makes a ton of fucking money every year from all these publishers that show up and pay them to be at the Los Angeles Convention Center that they don't even fucking own. And, you know, E3 has been a monopoly about it. Um, so, you know, it's it's good from that standpoint that maybe people will just let it go. And... Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, what do you, what do you think, Kevin? Do you have any final thoughts on any of this? Um, I, I guess my final thought is, is that I'm sad to see it go. I'm sad to see E3 go. And I, and, and we don't know. Still we, don't, we don't know for sure, but, uh, the tea leaves are showing that it doesn't look great with everything that happened last year with the data leak and everything. Uh, there is any, they, they are planning it next year, but I do think it is going to go away at some point. And so, yes, that's what, we're saying when we say that so go ahead kevin yeah i think i think it's going to be different it'll still exist in some form uh but it might be more of like a fan thing it might be less of a press thing and you know it might be just a way for developers to get people excited about games get hands-on but i think the press conferences are going to happen elsewhere and uh, i'm sad to see e3 go you know, in its traditional sense, it's going to have to find a way to adapt to survive. I just think the market is pushing it a different way um, with technology being so readily available. And, uh, you know, obviously they're doing it in quarantine. Like the, the, the PS5 reveal was done and filmed and shot and cut and everything in quarantine, right? That right there tells you that if they have even more resources, they can get together and do all these things. Imagine what it could be. Um and, and, and the things that they could put together and the production quality and everything else. I mean, God, Xbox, the, their latest reveal they did, which, God, I can't remember what it was, but it was, like, weird, remember? It was, like, everybody, like, in their office space, and it looked kind of low res. It was very strange. It just yeah. <laughs> it looked like Phil Spencer was, like, locked in a room or something. It was weird. It just didn't work. Like, you can't find a, a blank wall behind you or something. I mean, it's like – If you go you know, it's like watch that video – if you go watch that video, you can't convince me that Phil Spencer was not earlier or was just under the influence of psychedelics at some point. <laughs> he looks so tired and out of it. It was all, it's almost, it wasn't as bad as the NFL draft this year with Roger Goodell in his basement. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was pretty bad. It was weird. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they, uh, so hopefully they, uh, improve on that this year. Um, I, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it for this week's podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to tell your friends. To, we're trying to get this thing off the ground and grow. Um, please, any any hiccups, things that we need to improve on, audio quality, anything that you guys want, anything you want to change about it, let us know. RemoteGamingPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can almost, uh, almost, <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at uh, remote underscore gaming 20. Um, we'll come and see you next week. I'm Joseph King. I'm Kevin Corkum. And make sure you buy that PS5 from your dead relative. See y'all later. (laughs)